Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as... The Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M, and joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. I'd like to report an attempted murder. Uh, Disney and Lucasfilm attempted to murder me on Thursday last week. Uh, they were unsuccessful, but holy shit. We have much to discuss from that because... One episode was not going to cover it enough with the Disney Investor Day recap. Mm -hmm. Though we did have the quote-unquote Council of Nerd on Zoom for that one, so definitely want to shout-out Wednesday Pull List, shout-out East Coast Avengers, shout-out Dre Driven, shout-out 30 and Nerdy, and, of course, shout-out 3 Fat Nerds Podcast for all swinging through for that Zoom call because we broke down the Marvel, but you know Pad wasn't in studio, plus we had some technical difficulties. But fear not because Pad is here today to break down everything you need to know about Star Wars. He has recovered, Mm -hmm. so we definitely want to get into that conversation a little later in the show. But first things first, where do you find us? At OchoDuroParleyHour.com to join in the conversation on social media because we like to interact with you. We love to interact with you. What am I saying? So definitely join in on Facebook, join in on Twitter, join in on Instagram, join in on Podchaser, drop a five-star review, check out the Tee Public store. The links are all there and so much more at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. And remember, use the hashtag ODPH. Now, Disney Investor Day is going to be a big segment, but we have to get some things done first. And kicking off this list, though, is recapping the one and only Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Now, this past week's episode was the buildup for the season finale. We're already at season finale time. It's It's a sad time. Oh, man, it's going to be depressing as all hell. But this past week was Episode 7 of Season 2, or just simply put, Chapter 15, The Believer. Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking spoilers. We are giving you fair warning now. If you haven't seen the episode for whatever reason, pause right here on the podcast, watch it, then jump back in because we have a lot to break down with this one. In 3, 2, 1, pad what did you think? I thought this was a really great episode, all things considered. I wasn't quite sure how they were going to do this. All I knew was that, you know, they were going to break out, you know, a former, you know, co-worker of the Mandalorians, you know, Pedro Pascal's, you know, so, but I wasn't quite sure how it was going to, are we going to have, you know, like a, a, a heist type scenario where, all right, you know, Ocean's Eleven style, all right, here's what we're going to do. We got nine layers to this plane and everyone needs to be at where they need to be. Or are we just going to kick the front door in and ask questions later? But, man, was it good. It was very good. I mean, it was a little less action-packed per se compared to the the breakneck speed we've been going at. Oh, sure. Because, obviously, when, you know, the king of this, Boba Fett, came back and proved why he's the baddest mother in the galaxy, this is where we need a kind of a little pause. And, obviously, with the events going on with Moth Gideon now having possession of Grogu, Mm Mm-hmm. And the Mandalorian is assembling his Mandalorian core. That's what I'm calling them right now. Sure. So to make the rescue mission, he did need one person added to the team per se to get some help, and that was Migs Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Now we have not seen him since season one, played Correct. by Bill Burr. So this was taking a lot of extraction to go get him. He had to pull a favor with Cara Dune, played by uh, Gina Carano, mm-hmm. who is now using her status as a marshal with the New Republic 
to pull some strings to get him out of that prison to assist them with this. So doing such, they pull off these, I, I guess you could say it was what, an Ocean's Eleven type heist? Kind of. Lesser stakes per se. You know, not, not as much as at risk because at the end of the day with Ocean's Eleven, you know, specifically the George Clooney version because I haven't seen the original version myself. But, you know, the George Clooney version, it's like, all right, there's a little bit higher stakes. There's a little less room for error. Whereas with this, it's like, okay, if you screw up, you got plenty of backup that you can just, you know, kick down the walls. Yes. So this is where they decide to pull off the scheme to get him out. Because mm-hmm. whatever planet he's on right now is serving his sentence because where the Mandalorian left him last season, yep. uh, he was not in the best position. Yep. So Cara Dune winds up pulling some strings to get Mayfield transferred mm-hmm. to her custody. Yep. And he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, he's like, uh, and it was funny because he almost blew it. And like, it's it's one of those scenarios where it's like, shut the hell up and just go with it. You know, you're leaving this god-awful mining facility where you're indentured you're you know you're in an indentured servitude for you know 50 years you're maybe 49 and a half at this point mm. you know where it's like all right hey come with me we're, we're going someplace it's like where wait where are we going who are you what do you stop asking so many questions right but he has obviously a good point to ask because oh, yeah. the galaxy is not exactly the most friendliest place true but once he starts seeing the legend of Boba Fett appear, mm-hmm. and Fennec is with him as well. So he definitely shit his pants a little bit. Yeah, he he, def- he he recognized the armor. Yeah, the minute he saw that armor, he definitely froze up and was like... He's like, uh-oh. And, and I had that idea that he was going to do that too last week. Because mm-hmm. I kind of gave a little spoiler. I'm like, he's going to see Boba, and Boba's going to be like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to work together with us, and we're going to get this job done. Mm-hmm. More or less played out that way, too. Yeah. Because once he saw Mandalorian, they kind of had like a little... Uh, hey, Mando, what's going on? This and, is awkward. Yeah, it was kind of a little awkward exchange, but it built into what the episode was going to be. And thus Mandalorian explained, well, we need to find Moff Gideon. And since Mayfield is an ex-Imperial, mm-hmm. he would be able to help with this. Yep. But it does not come as easy as it was going to be. No. God it, forbid it be easy. No. Which, obviously, this plays out in our favor because we get to sit back and watch. Because he needs to get an access to some terminal mm-hmm. to find it. It's something yep. with the, how the uh, Empire goes. Yep. So he does have an idea of where to go, mm-hmm. and that is to the planet Morak. Yep. So once they get this idea to go there, they kind of run into a little bit of a stumbling block, so to speak. Yeah, it's they, they didn't quite think things through because... Oh, we can just send X, Y, and Z in. And I, I think at one point they want to send uh, Ming-Na Wen, Fennec Shandon, and she's like, well, no, I, I can't go in because, what was it, she was wanted by the Empire or something mm-hmm. like that. And then they wanted to send in, okay, well, why don't we send you in with Cara Dune? And she goes, well, I can't. I'm a former uh, rebel shock trooper. You know, I'm, I'm you know, a sheriff with the New Republic. They're going to they're gonna scan me, and I, they're going to instantly know who I am. You know, they don't want to send Boba because he's the backup, and it's like, all right, well, shit, I'll go if I have to. Yes, so Mayfield is definitely getting forced in this situation because he does say on Moak that there is an Imperial mining mm-hmm. uh, plant that he can sneak into, yep. but it's not going to be easy. So thus, when they're trying to figure out how they can get in and Mayfield brings up, well, they're going to be doing facial recognition, the Mandalorian is forced to make a decision that he is definitely not happy with. No. Because he is having to remove his helmet uh-huh. for the first time since he's uh, taken the oath of the Mandalorian. And if Pedro Pascal does not get some sort of award for this episode, I will be fucking pissed because he acted his ass off. Yeah. I mean, and you may not realize it. You may not. He does The one thing that he does in this show that I don't think he gets enough credit for is the little things 
to really accentuate the moments. And I can't take credit for this. This was posted on the Mandalorian TV subreddit uh, by user Jay Blitzen. Uh, quote, watch carefully and you'll notice that Pe- Pedro never uses his peripheral vision when he cares about what he's looking at. In this moment, it would be normal for his head to face a little to the left, but when but he's looking at Bill straight on, just as he would in the helmet. Bill looks back at him, but doesn't keep his head straight the same way, so you can compare it to the immediate next cut. The way Bill is looking at him while facing a little to the right, that's normal, but Pedro doesn't do that. A moment before, he's looking at the table while the officer talks, and then looks straight at Bill almost off camera. After Bill's shot, he's, he turns and looks straight at the trooper behind him, turning his entire body so he can turn his head to look straight at the trooper. Far as I can tell, he stays in character through the whole sequence, always pointing his head directly where he's looking. The strangest bit is when Bill hands him the helmet and he looks down at it. But he doesn't just look down at it, he looks down at it with his entire head, like a bird. It's very unnatural unless you've worn a helmet your whole life. Honestly, brilliant acting and direction. They care very much about this character and that helps us care about him too. I swear, like I didn't notice that until I read that, so I rewatched the scene. And holy shit, he does it. Yeah, he like I said, he does those little things that you don't suspect, but he does them so well mm-hmm. that it just goes to show how much dedication he has to the character. Yeah. And this is why it gets over so well. Like I think that's something that we just don't appreciate enough. Mm-hmm. Because even though how they got into the mining plant was a little... I guess I would say stat quo at this point. Stat quo, but it was also like, damn it, can't these guys catch a break? Right, because obviously Mayfield and Mando hijack a transport. They're yep. trying to go in. Yep. Uh, there's, uh, I guess, a gunfight gun fight with pirates. Yep, or, local uh, pirates. Or, you know, a, a local looting crew. Local pirates, local looting crew. I, I without Before I read it was pirates, I kind of figured they were just uh, disgruntled local uh, inhabitants that were a little pissed off that the Empire was there taking their uh, mining supplies. Yeah, it was going to be something with that that you knew they were going to have some problems yeah. going on any planet. So, yeah. obviously, you had to have that little bit of drama. But it does make sense. It definitely lived up to the action. Was it as breakneck, like I said, as past episodes? No. no. But it served its purpose. It was a little, little tenacious. You know, it was on the edge of your seat. Like, oh, shit, are they going to get there? Yeah, because once they get in with their transport, this is where they have to go and get very creative about getting the helmet off and then mm-hmm. getting to the terminal. Yep. Everything starts going into place except Mayfield is getting very paranoid. Yeah. Because he sees an old face mm-hmm. that I know he doesn't want to see. Yeah, and I'm surprised he didn't think of this sooner. Yes. And who does he run into, Pat? Old or old commanding officer has, you know, that he was a part of his his crew, his squad, his what you know, whatever. That and I'm surprised he didn't think of this sooner, although troop transport, you know, troop assignments and this and that, maybe it did, you know, maybe he figured you know, they'd be halfway across the galaxy. But given the fact he was in the Empire, you know, he is a former Imperial Stormtrooper, whatever he was. I'm surprised he didn't think of it sooner. Well, the one thing I think with Mayfield is he's so trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and make his next move. Yeah, he, they never do, at least on screen, give him a full explanation of what the hell's going on. Right. He's just kind of playing this out that, okay, what's going to happen after I help Mando? Mm -hmm. Because once they get in and once he gets to the terminal and starts doing what he can do, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what are they going to do to me now? Am I going to go back to the prison? Are they going to kill me here? You you have that very big uncertainty. Because he knows Mandalorian and Pedro Pascal has got an axe to grind with him. Oh, absolutely. So he's basically walking the tightrope 
with no net underneath him. Mm-hmm. So he has to be extremely careful with his moves. And the, and the tightrope's on fire. Right. And then once he runs into his former officer there... He's like, oh, you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it. Uh, Pedro Pascal's like, no, I don't, I can't do it, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So, though, when they run into that officer, yep. Valen Hess, played by Richard Blake, Brake, who, ironically, we know from Game of Thrones. Ooh, I've, I forgot about that. The original Night King. Oh, yeah. He yes. was. Yes, so he does have that... I, I don't want to say creepy, but it is that yeah. kind of like very unsettling demeanor yeah. with his delivery. Because yeah. once he sees him and he's like, oh, well, you know, you guys brought in your, the the product. Why don't you come have a drink with me? Mm-hmm. And you can see Mayfield is not feeling very comfortable about yeah, this. Yeah, it's almost like he knew who was there. And he's like, all right, let's just play along with this. Yeah, let's see where this goes. Because Mando has no idea. Mando's no. now, I got the coordinates. We can now go. Yeah. But he's forced to stay there. Meanwhile, you have Cara Dune and Fennec on the outside just waiting to snipe away to give him a getaway. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of going, what's going on? What's going <laughs> they're, on? They're like, they're taking too long. Right. But once they're having the drink, you're seeing that the Imperial officer is kind of bragging about a former conquest mm-hmm. that Hess is just really bringing up something that hits yeah. home to Mayfield. And yeah. what is that operation? Operation Cinder, which if that sounds familiar, that was uh, featured heavily in the 2017 video game of uh, the campaign anyway, Star Wars Battlefront 2. So now if anybody's curious about what Operation Cinder was. Yeah, so uh, this is according to the Star Wars uh, wiki page because I can't remember everything Star Wars off the top of my head. What? I I know. So, uh, quote, Operation Cinder was carried out by the Galactic Empire as a means of devastating several Imperial planets uh, in four years after the Battle of Yavin. Uh, only a few weeks following the Battle of Endor. The operation was part of the contingency, uh, a plan devised by the Emperor to ensure that the Empire and its enemies did not outlive him should he ever perish. The plan was also put into action following the Empire's uh, Emperor's death during the Battle of Endor. Uh, Imperial forces placed satellites in orbits of planets to form a climate disruption array. Electrical storms and other extreme weather events would begin to ravage targeted planets. Operation Cinder lasted for at least three months after an attack on Naboo, the home world of Emperor Sheev Palpatine. Side note, yes, that is his first name. Mm. Uh, and, rallying, and a rallying point for many Imperial sympathizers. Other worlds that were targeted including, included Varos, uh, Boomin Khan, Kandovent, Abedin, uh, Ab. Dineto, uh, Commodore, and Necronus, by the end of the war, in five years after the Battle of Yavin, the secret contingency was clandestinely can, uh, carried out to uh, rebuild the Empire in the unknown regions, Through the new, though the New Republic was triumphant and survived the Galactic Civil War. So this was a very big moment that uh-huh. has now been brought into canon. Like one thing the Mandalorian season two is doing is they're bringing a lot of outside properties into canon. Well, I mean, the video games, you know, the thing with Star Wars before Disney bought them was it was the canon was messy. You yeah. know, it was kind of like a the movies were canon. The com the books, if it happened in the movies, were can- you know those scenes were canon, and then after that, it was kind of like an unless George said it, it it's kind of like a you pick and choose type of deal. They dropped out Moon on Chewie. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Once Disney bought Lucasfilm and they kind of wiped everything and they go, everything is canon. So Operation Center already was canon, but they're just kind of bringing it, I guess, forward in in kind of like the public know-how that it's one of those things where it's like, 
oh, hey, here's an Easter egg for the fans who played video games, but it's one of those things like, oh, hey, if you're curious, you can go look it up. But we're not going to spend too much time on it. Right, which, like I say, I think how they're playing it this season with a lot of these Easter eggs has been right. very well. And yeah, I think oh, yeah. they're, they're setting it up to a point. But the reaction that we get from Mayfield when he's hearing about uh-huh. Operation Cinder, yeah. I will admit I was very surprised at it. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, oh, hey, we can't. You know, you, you see it in books and movies sometimes. Where it's like, oh, hey, we can't get this thing we want, so we're going to destroy everything because nobody can have it. Yes, yeah, so as Hess is bragging about this, Mayfield does an action that I didn't expect him to do. No. But then he goes off, and once happens, Pat? Uh, he shoots his former commanding officer in the head. Yes, right in front of everybody yeah, that's in that building. They don't even try. He doesn't even try to hide. He's like, oh, hey, let me. He doesn't even try. Oh, hey, here, I got to show you something really cool and take him outside or off, off to the side. Nah, just like, doesn't even get up. Just sits there, you know, uh, Cantina on Tatooine with, with Han and Greedo and just goes, bam. Yep. It was a completely momentum-shifting moment. Yeah, you could totally, you could totally even though uh, Pedro Pascal was like deadpanning the entire thing, like shit, 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 shit the entire time. He's like, you could see him still go, well, shit. Yeah, he's like, okay, we are now in serious trouble. So they have to literally blow out a window yeah. and fight their way out. Albeit, though, they did have the backup of Fennec and Dune. Yep. Pretty good backup to have. Yeah, and then let alone the goat, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So they do wind up making this daredevil escape, mm-hmm. which was completely Mandalorian action, yep. high-paced. Which yep. I mean, like I say, not as breakneck as we've had, but no. you know what? I don't mind a little foot off the gas It, it was It was breakneck in a different way, Yeah, you know, which, which is good. Variety is good. You know, I don't want to see the same story. I don't want to see the same, you know, methods done every week. It, it's different. Right. They did it very well, and I thought the pacing of this was very, very on point. Mm-hmm. So they do pull off the dramatic escape, and then once they get away, Dune and the Mandalorian make a decision that I thought was very predictable at this point, and they wind up letting Mayfield go. Yeah, no, I, I figured they would have thrown him in carbonite, given the, the kind of the headache he was. Like, oh, hey, listen, we freed you, and you almost screwed the entire thing over. I figured they would have uh, put him in carbonite or dropped him off, you know, like Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, dropped him off on a desert planet with a single shot type of deal. I, I figured, you know, they would have left him somewhere, but I, I kind of, I wasn't totally surprised, but I was still a little surprised that they let him, let him go. I will admit, like, it had, and I know I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, this was a Disney ending. Mm. And I'm, I'm not saying it was like a bad one, it was just like... All right, this kind of has a similar feel to, like, a Disney film. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I think it also shows just how much The Mandalorian has grown because you think back to the first episode of season one where he's he's collecting that bounty and the guy's begging him. He's like, listen, I'll come, I'll do this, I'll do X, I'll do Y. And he's like, nah, screw you, and freezes him in carbonite anyway, where it's like, all right, you know what? You know, I'm not as, you know, sharp on the edges as I used to be. Yeah, I could definitely see that point, too. And plus, with Mayfield's story that... He did have some motivation for sure. having an axe to grind with sure. the Empire, and I think that Mando can definitely uh, empathize with that. Yeah, I would say there's nobody on that crew that empathizes with the Empire at all. Yeah, so you can definitely empathize with Mayfield that that he was led astray, and that mm-hmm. now he's redeemed. Like this was almost like a redemption arc, but not so much to that big degree. Because I mean, we we still don't know what's going to happen now because right. how it's going to be written out is. Dune has said that he was killed in battle, mm-hmm. so he did escape the planet. Pro tip, dude, change your identity. Yeah, so he's definitely going to turn into somebody else. Now, mm-hmm. will we see him down the road? Maybe. 
I think so. Could be a it could be a you know name in the role Rolodex. And, oh hey, I need a job done. Let me call up this guy. Because that's the question now: is he's still on that planet mm-hmm. for now? Pre- presumably, presumably, because now he's running away free and this has a new clean slate to live his life. Yeah, where he's going to wind up after this? Anybody's guess. Uh, I would recommend the other side of the galaxy. Well, it would make sense because he's on a planet that, with the Empire doing business there. Yo. He's a marked man. Mm-hmm. They're not going to forget him mm-hmm. shooting up an officer yeah. and then everybody else. Like yeah. how you left him there just sitting. I thought yeah. I thought it was kind of like, well, we're going to give you your freedom, but it comes with a cost. Well, so you were running around the base enough that it would have been very easy for somebody to go, oh, hey, you know, Imperial Commander Todd, you know, was shot by, you know, former Imperial Trooper so-and-so. You know, word travels. It ain't, it, you know, this ain't exactly, you know ye olden times where you just snail mail and Pony Express. You right. Know, it's real easy to just push a button and send a message across the galaxy. Right. But then they wind up ending the episode with the coordinates in hand. The Mandalorian decides to drop a line to, Ma- to Moff Gideon. This was ballsy. Yeah. Holy shit. Break it down. Uh, so, yeah, Moff Gideon is on the on, the, on his Star Destroyer, his ship. Uh, he, they're going around, and, and he, he gets word from one of his... Uh, uh, subordinate said, oh, hey, we have a message. Uh, and it's a message from the Mandalorian. And he says, listen, I know where you are. I know where you're going to be. And he basically gives the Liam Neeson speech. Yeah. Like, I will find you and I will kill you. Yeah. Definitely. Like, ballsy. Ballsy, but that's what I wanted to see going into the season finale. Which, And the awesome part of it was, was he did kind of paraphrase a speech that Gideon had given to him prior. Yeah. So this is going to be the ultimate showdown. I am super excited for the finale. Word word to the internet, if there is, and I don't know, I'm just kind of, you know, uh, wish listing. If there's a scene in the final episode where they're kind of just standing there staring at each other, like old Western style, can we put in that old Western, like, whistle music? Wow, wow, wow. I want some, if there's a scene of that, I want to see that. Hell yeah, dude. I'm Star down Wars, for this. Space Western, it works. It definitely works. I mean, this is a, a spaghetti Western to a, to the letter. I oh, mean, yeah. This, this oh, whole yeah. show has been a Western. I should say Space Western, not a spaghetti Western. But it, this is definitely something in that vein mm-hmm. that it stands out, and it definitely has that feel to it. I mean, the elements that are going into this finale, they're definitely stepping up and mm-hmm. doing what they need to do. And they're definitely establishing the stakes are this high. Yeah. The stakes are this real that the entire season has been building to this point. This is what we want to see. Mm-hmm. And like I say, you can't get much more perfect than this. No. You can't. No. Like I say, this definitely has that whole spaghetti western feel to it. Mm-hmm. This is definitely something that you want to get that vibe with. And it's going to be building that crescendo up oh, now yeah. Oh, yeah. that all bets are off going into the finale. Oh, yeah. That for this episode, they definitely puttered on the break a little bit. Oh, yeah. They didn't take the foot completely no. off. No. But they definitely delivered enough that you know it's the Mandalorian Corps versus the Empire winner takes all. Uh-huh. We do know there's going to be a season three. Yes. So we do know that in some capacity, somebody's surviving. Yeah. But could we have a big body count? Could we not? Are they going to arrow season six finale this or season five finale this? I mean, who knows? I'm just hoping the season finale is an hour. I do, too. I'm hope that's all, that's all I'm hoping. I, I would suspect they would go an hour. I mean, they definitely did the premiere, which was oh, an so, hour. Given the fact that Gideon knows he's coming, mm-hmm. has a pretty decent squad at his disposal, both ships and then TIE fighters, and, and he can probably get a hold of more, you know, when needed. Plus, he's got those death troopers. 
you know, I'm I'm really hoping for like a long drawn out battle sequence. Well, you're going to need it, and I think John Favreau is smart enough to do it. I know he's the one that has written this episode, right? I think he's directing it too. I I, I can't I'll get confirmation that, on yeah, that, but I, yeah, I want to say I read he's directing it. And I would definitely think that he wants to because obviously he did the first episode, right? Establish that tone. Now you're here, the finale. All bets are off. The chips are all in the center of the table. Who's going to win? Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to have to figure out for next week. So definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. Pad, you love the episode. I love the episode. Did you love the episode? Let us talk. Chapter 15, The Believer, The Mandalorian Season 2, getting ready for their season finale. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Need a podcast that prepares you for the end of the world? Apocalypse Now is the one for you. Hi, I'm Joanna Van Fine, actor, comedian, and filmmaker. Apocalypse Now is a podcast that asks if we are living at the beginning of the end. Join me every week as I talk with interesting people and decide if we're all doomed. <laughs> Listen wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Brought to you by WannaRub. Hi, this is Jimmy Gazdick from Crimson Brethren and Floodlands, and you're listening to ODPH. Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and it is time to break down, deep dive, however you want to define it, Disney Investor Day. Mm -hmm. Now, there was so much going on that one segment wasn't going to be enough. One show wasn't going to be enough, even though the Council of Nerds show is definitely one of the most downloaded episodes of 2020. So definitely check that out on the ODPH network. But we have Pat in studio. Yes. Fully recovered, maybe. We'll say they, they, I'm still recovering. They tried to murder me. They tried to kill him, but he wound up fighting his way through mm-hmm. with all the Star Wars news going on. So that's where we're going to break down this segment. But Pat has some more information before we get into that. Yeah, so just some stuff to glance over before we get into the heavy Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Uh, they did announce during the... So basically, let me rewind a little bit. But, uh, you know, on Thursday last week, of course, Disney had their four, four and a half hour, it was long, uh, investor call, investor day. Uh, where they live streamed a whole bunch of announcements, new series, new movies, plans for series, plans for movies, where they're going to go, when they're going to debut, you know, and an extravaganza that I got to say, for being all digital and probably all pre-filmed, they've pulled off very beautifully, you know, very, yeah. very well done. Well, yeah, it's Disney. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and they started off with announcing that the Disney Plus service, which has been around for just about a year, well, maybe a little over a year, uh, has currently 86.8 million subscribers as of December 2nd uh, of this year. Wow. Which is way ahead of where they projected. So they're figuring their uh, numbers for subscribers are going to go through the roof. Well, the one thing that, though, to kind of jump in quick, though, for being over a year mm-hmm. is well over the count. But for the deal you get with this yeah. service. Yeah. And they haven't even really scratched the original programming content right. yeah. yet. This is a monumental win. Mm-hmm. So definitely kudos to Disney Plus for pulling that off. Absolutely. Uh, so over the next few years, Disney Plus is going to get approximately 10 Marvel series, 10 Star Wars series, 15 Disney live action. 
uh, Disney Animation and Pixar series, and then 15 Disney Live Action, Disney Animation, and Pixar Feature Films. Uh, those will all be directly re- uh, released on the streamer. Uh, for those of also for those of you curious, and because of the kind of you know guffaw mess up, I guess you could say Premiere Access was. You might have been wondering. I guess they'll keep that around. Uh, it would appear yes, because they announced that the film uh, Raya, Raya, uh, and the last in dr- the last dragon uh, is premiering in theaters and on Disney Plus Premiere Access on March fifth. So you will still need to pay uh, that additional fee for the service uh, when it arrives on March fifth. You know, so that was kind of everyone's kind of wondering, especially after HBO Max and Warner Brothers shook the industry, uh, that would Disney follow suit? But it, it would appear not. No, I don't think that Disney's uh, really reflex into this. No, I, I, think, I think they're reading some of the trades in some of the interviews uh, Warner Brothers' uh, favorite directors are giving. They're going, ooh, we made a good decision. Well, I think that for what Warner Brothers did, they decided to make a decision, and you knew it was going to catch some heat, it was going to catch some backlash, not mm-hmm. everybody was going to be 100% on board. Mm-hmm. I think that Disney is being smart and just kind of waiting to see what plays out because, as we've talked about in the past, with talk of a vaccine and depending how everybody is reacting to that and how much is going to get lifted, I think they're waiting to see to the last moment mm-hmm. before deciding to go fully to stream for everything. So yep. I think they're playing it very smart and just kind of watching how everybody else is reacting right now. Yeah. Uh, also, they announced a Star and Star Plus. So this is building off of the success of Disney Plus Hotstar, which launched in India. Uh, Disney is launching Star and Star Plus for general entertainment content brands outside of the U.S. Uh, general entertainment content brands includes films like Alien, Kingsman, The Secret Surface, Secret Service. So think of it kind of like a Disney Plus for 18 and over. Uh, also think of it as like a Hulu for overseas. Uh, mm. It launches in many markets on February 23rd of next year. Uh, not a whole lot from Hulu. Uh, they announced that uh, there's going to be a new series, Only Murders in the Buildings. It's going to reunite Steve Martin and Martin Short. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, it's also going to feature Selena Gomez. They announced, you know, uh, the dropout, dope sick, nine perfect strangers, and finally, uh, Handmaid's Tales got renewed for a fifth season. You know, which I, I guess fans have been waiting for. Uh, FX they decided to drop the bombshell that they're doing a alien TV series finally. Yeah, this was some really out of left field noise. But... It's been rumored for the longest time that you know Ridley Scott and some of the other folks from the Alien movies have been working on one. And I know even a couple weeks ago that they were talking, there were rumors that it was going to happen. But no, it, it is ha- it is actually happening. Uh, it's currently in development, so no release date was given. Uh, but also my favorite FX TV series, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia, got a four season renewal wow so it's going to go to season which takes it to season 18 which will make it one of the longest running comedy shows in television history it's crazy to think the show has lasted that long those degenerates are amazing they're i when i say i need these degenerates in my life it's not an exaggeration they are some of the best degenerates in in the world oh no the show is very funny it's an acquired acquired taste yeah it's definitely not some episodes some there are some parts that it's kind of like hard to watch because it's like oh i'm feeling awkward watching this but it's still very funny yeah it's it's still very funny Mm -hmm. like if you can get right right into it but Mm -hmm. i i just i'm i'm blown away it's going to be near 20 yeah uh, also, they announced uh, th- there's a scripted anthology uh, platform and then a comedy called Reservation Dogs from co-creators Sterling Harjo and Taika Watiti. Uh, it's about four Native American teenagers growing up on a reservation in eastern Oklahoma. Excuse me. Uh, and then uh, uh, Why the Last Man is still supposedly on the way. Okay. Uh, also, like we mentioned, uh, they have Alien, and the series is one of the first Alien stories. It's going to be set on Earth. 
Uh, Noah Hawley is sh uh, serving as showrunner and working with Ridley Scott. Uh, and then finally, and this one kind of shook the internet a little bit, or, or kind of old school film fans. Uh, they're working on a retelling of James Calvell's saga Shogun, which is should uh, which should be real awesome. That look. I am blown away by that announcement. I cannot wait. To oh see that. yeah, uh, some others made some other stuff from uh, Walt Disney Studios. They announced that they're doing a kind of sequel of sorts uh, to Mighty Ducks. Bring Mighty, it on, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Uh, this from the Disney Twitter account. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers continues the legacy of hockey's finest fouls. The series picks up where the films left off. Emilio Estevez returns as Gordon Bombay, and Laura, Lauren Graham is joining the flock. It's coming to Disney Plus. Uh, some other ones. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is making a comeback because, like I said, everything 90s is new again. Yeah. I was real excited for that one. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2 finally got confirmed. I know there's been rumors for that of that for a while. Uh, also, Three Men and a Baby is getting a reboot of sorts starring Zac Efron. Uh, also, they're making another Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie uh, and then another Ice Age film uh, called The Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. And then they're doing another Night at the Museum film, although that one, I uh, from what I remember, is going to be animated. Uh, also, they mentioned that there is going to be a uh, Jungle Cruise uh which is finally coming to theaters in July of 2021. Uh, and then they're, they're doing a live action prequel to the lion King, uh, the live action one. Uh, and then they mentioned the uh, live action little mermaid is, is going to be done. That's that one came out of nowhere. Uh, and then also they, uh, they're doing a, they gave out a trailer for the retelling of Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks and directed by Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. I, I'm kind of really surprised. Well, I am and I'm not. Mm hmm. For a lot of these, you know, uh, animated to live action, mm -hmm. and I don't. Summit, summit's good. So it it sounds good on paper. I mean, it's yeah. Tom Hanks. So yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. And Robert Zemeckis. That, mm -hmm. It should be interesting. Yeah. But there's also like some of the remake films that they're talking about doing that yeah. I'm just like. Ah. I would say so. I haven't seen all of them. Uh, I know kind of like a live action sequel, if you call it Christopher Robin, that with uh, Ewan McGregor, that was good. Yeah, that was enjoyable. Um, what did I see? I know I saw Dumbo. Dumbo was okay. It was okay. It, it was it, it, it was, was okay. Passable. Yeah. I mean, didn't okay. move the needle for me. So. No, uh, Aladdin wasn't bad. I uh, haven't seen Mulan, and I haven't seen the Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson. So. Uh, they also announced, uh, with getting back to the Investor Day, that the uh, live-action spin, I guess you could say, Peter Pan and Wendy, uh, they're working on that. That's coming to Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure. I'm like, eh, I enjoy Peter Pan. It's a good movie, but I don't know if we necessarily need a live-action version. Yeah, I mean, Hook was great at its time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But after that, it's yep. like, do we need to go back in yeah. down memory lane? Like, I don't know. Like. For me, I, I would much rather not see this trend happen, but right. I'm okay with it as long as the films are good. Yeah. But I just, like I say, it's not moving the needle for me. Yep. Uh, and then to wrap up the, the Walt Disney Studios uh, portion, uh, they announced that Amy Adams is returning as Giselle for a sequel to the movie Enchanted. Uh, and then they got Whoopi Goldberg and Tyler Perry signed on to do Sister Act 3. Interesting. Yeah, I did not see that one coming. I was like, oh, okay, that could be good. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of that, like, where they're going back and just restarting some franchises. Like mm -hmm. I said, Three Men and a Baby, I, I don't get. That's been, that's been redone at least two, three times. Yeah, just like, I don't know. Like, I think the premise, I mean, it's so 80s. Yeah. Do we really need to go back and relive it? Like, yeah. I don't know. For yeah. me, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, moving on to Pixar, one thing I figured worth mentioning, uh, they did announce a prequel of sorts. I don't know what you call it. Uh, Lightyear uh, coming, this is coming from in 2022 uh this movie tells the definitive story of the human buzz lightyear not the, to the uh, not the toy this is the person the toy is based off of 
and voicing Buzz Lightyear in this film, one Chris Evans. Captain America Returns. Uh-huh. And he's going to space. Yeah, which, hey, I'll take that over the Fast and Furious franchise any day of the That's week. That's true. Interesting that they're going to go back there. I mean, I know for some of the other um, animated stuff they're going with, the base off, there's that Chippendale Rescue Rangers reboot yeah. that's going on with Andy Samberg, too, yeah. and John Mulaney. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, like I say, some of this stuff is just like, it, it's very interesting. Like, I'm, I got to see more before I really right. jump into it. Right. But the fact they got Chris Evans to come back for, yeah. the, for the Buzz Lightyear show, I think that really? that's very interesting. Yeah, no, that should be good. That is my interest very peaked. Yeah. Uh, now to the portion that almost killed me. Uh, that'd be the Lucasfilm portion. All right, so you want to take a breath before you go down memory lane? Why, why don't you start this one off? Because I might die. I might die again. See, now this one we gotta say when Pad was live tweeting with all of our friends, uh, Pad was marking out like a madman, uh-huh. as as we all knew he was going to, because yep. for ten shows and the future of the Star Wars universe. And let's face it, I heard rumors about a couple of these, but. Most of them, no. So I was like, all right, don't know where this is going. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we heard rumors. I mean, I think the biggest one that came out of this was the Ahsoka show. Yeah, which had been rumored. It had been rumored, but obviously Rosario Dawson being on The Mandalorian has been nothing but rave reviews. Mm -hmm. Dave Filoni is attached to this as well. Well, Of course. Yes, which, I mean, that was no-brainer right there. Yep. So that was a huge move for them. And then they also had the Rangers of the New Republic. Yep, which, again, kudos to you. You'd been hearing rumors that I had not heard that they were doing a, looking for a New Republic show mm. of some sorts. Uh, who will be in this show? We don't know. Uh, uh, hard to say. Gina Carano was the one that was most tagged to it. Sure. So, And I, I think that would make a lot of sense, too, sure. because we do know her character, Cara Dune, uh-huh. from The Mandalorian. Yep. If you're going to start the show, they have been placing the seeds right there. So uh-huh. it is... A Mandalorian shared universe. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you want to define that. The MSU, um, yeah. like however you want yeah. to define this. Yeah. I think you're going to see this timeline still go between all the shows. There's a lot of good that can happen with that mm-hmm. too. So I'm definitely excited yeah. to see. Yeah, this. no, and it's something different. You know, it's not necessarily lightsabers and Jedi and Sith and all that. You know, it could get done to the nitty gritty. It definitely can, and this is one thing that you have to trust the people that are involved with yeah. this. John Favreau, yep. Dave Filoni. Yep. If you know anything about Star Wars. If you've heard me at all. Yes. You know what they're bringing to the table. So yep. you can definitely sit there, relax, and, and just trust the process. Like if you're talking about you know basketball terms, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Trust what they're doing because they haven't failed yet. No. So we definitely have a lot to build off with that as well. Yep. We did get some confirmation about some other shows that we had heard about. Yep. Uh, first one up for me was Andor, the Rogue yeah. One spinoff. Prequel. Yes. Yeah, so this is going to be 12 episodes. Which I, we did not know. Uh, 12 episodes of series is coming in 2022. It is starring Diego Luna reprising his role as Cassian Andor. And you, if you missed me missed uh, saying it, you may be sitting there, wait a minute. Uh, Cassie and Andor died at the end of Rogue One. How can they be doing another series? This is a prequel. Yeah, this is going to be a prequel. Don't know when it's set. Don't know how long ago it's set, you know, but it will involve Diego Luna. So we, I believe the actress, her, her name escapes me at the moment, but the actress who played Mon Mothma uh, in the Rogue One uh, is going to be in the in the show. I know they announced that. So I'm definitely excited for this because Rogue One was so good. Rogue One is vastly underrated, uh-huh. in my opinion. Like if you talk uh-huh. to if you talk to hardcore Star Wars fans, oh, it's it's definitely towards, it's towards the top for me. It's got one of the best sequences in Star Wars for me, where you have the rebel, the fledgling rebel alliance come out of hyperspace to attack Scarif, and and it's just all the ships 
flying out, and, and then it's like the old footage of the of the uh, squadrons from the original movie. Like, oh, you know, red leader checking in, gold leader checking in. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, and I think for anybody that was ever curious about why Vader is feared throughout the galaxy, <laughs> the last ten minutes of the film. There's a, I'll say, there's a great reaction on uh, YouTube of Rogue One Vader girl reacts i'm pretty sure is how you can find it if you haven't seen that video you need to it is probably everyone's reaction to the first time they see that scene yeah and rightfully so because mm-hmm. if you had any curious of like why vader matters yep right there yep speaking of vader i guess this was one <laughs> announcement that overshadowed uh the internet almost broke yeah which i mean we had heard speculation for a while so i guess for me like i wasn't so super shocked right but I definitely was surprised because, obviously, as we announced, who has been uh, reprising their role, definitely was not seeing it coming. But then again, we are living in a day and age when Natalie Portman is returning to the Marvel Universe. So, this is true. So anything is possible. This is true. Uh, they moved on to talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, which we learned is going to be set 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, as we all knew, Ewan McGregor is reprising his role. And then Kathleen Kennedy decided to drop the bombshell that Hayden Christensen is returning to reprise his role as Darth Vader. All right. I, I was like, holy shit, it's actually happening. Because I think every Star Wars fan and every, you know, fan kind of figured something was going to be happening. You know, because you think of, you know, the last time he was kind of big with Star Wars and then he kind of didn't do anything. He, he kind of almost took the, the uh, Harrison Ford mm-hmm. route and he really didn't do much. He, he talked about it, but he wasn't really, you know, involved with it. And then he showed up at Celebration and then he was doing interviews and then he was doing photo ops. And it's like, huh. I wonder if he's going to do something, which, of course, everyone speculated, including myself, that he was going to show up in some capacity for Rise of Skywalker. Didn't happen. His voice was there, but he wasn't in it. Lo and behold, he's still going to be involved in Star Wars, and he's reuniting with his best friend, Ewan McGregor. They're both, I know they both put out quotes, they're both excited for it. And Kathleen Kennedy, lady, you didn't have to hype me up anymore, but hyping it up is they're going to have a rematch, or quote, the rematch of the century. Yeah, you didn't need to hype me up anymore on that. Well, you knew that this show was going to have a lot of eyes on it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Ewan McGregor returning, and ever since that got leaked out that he was coming back, yep. fans have been very rabid to find out anything. Mm-hmm. The fact that we know this is going to be 10 years after Sith mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. The question is, though, how much of Hayden Christensen are you going to have post 10 years, or is this all going to be flashbacks? See, that's the only thing I'm, I'm I not think sure. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a mix, because if you remember uh, the original film, he does say, when I left you, I was but the learner, now I am the master. That that leaves room up to interpretation. They mm-hmm. could, they, they very well, like Kathleen Kennedy said, they're gonna, it sounds like they're going to face off, you know, in the rematch of the century. It could be a very close matchup, much like, you know, their previous matchup. And, you know, Obi-Wan could still whoop his ass. And it so there could there's room for interpretation. He doesn't say when it happened or where it happened. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to be hyped up about this. But for the fact that we know it's going to be one series thus far, mm-hmm. I'm going to put asterisks by it because we live in this day and age where you can't ever say never to anything. Well, so the only thing is, is would I like to see more seasons? Duh. Yeah. But it kind of relies on, you know, is it received well enough, which I figure I think it will be. And then what's Ewan McGregor's schedule? Because Ewan McGregor, while not necessarily Dwayne Johnson levels busy, he is in a fair number of things. He's in a fair number of things, but it also depends on what the story is going to be. Is it going to be enough to entice him to come back? Right, because he definitely is one of those types that if it's a good enough story, he'll come back for it. He's just not going to come back just to come back. Yeah, he's definitely not going to just show up for the paycheck. Mm-hmm. So for that being said, 
that was the big news that I think overshadowed a lot of the Star Wars announcements. Yeah, still like, good stuff, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Still good stuff for me because, like I say, we heard about the new shows as have been officially confirmed. Uh-huh. So we do know there's stuff there. We did get some more information, though, about the animated stuff that's yeah. coming. Yeah. And what kicked off with that, Pat? Yeah, so that was, I know, had been rumored, and I know a couple uh, friends of mine on Twitter had been kind of saying it's going to happen, and I believed them, but I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear if this is actually true. We did get confirmation that the kind of backdoor pilot that you saw in one of the first, uh, was it the first? No, no, second arc in uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars Season 7, the Bad Batch arc, uh, is going to be getting their own animated series following the group of clones that, like I said, we saw in the last season of uh, Clone Wars. It will debut exclusively on Disney Plus, uh, and I got it. Lo- the teaser, if you haven't seen it online, it looks real damn good. Yeah, it looks like it features some flashback scenes because we did see some shots of uh, 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 cl- uh, cloning planet Camino. Blanked on it for a second. We did see some tr- shots of them training on Camino. If you're familiar with some of the earlier seasons of Clone Wars, but also at the same time, it looks like they're kind of dealing with the, the moral quandary of. We don't agree with what's going on that there did appear to be some shots where they're getting orders to do something and you see a couple of their, their faces and they go, oh, wait a minute. We're not sure if we're OK with this. Yeah. So this is definitely one that admitted this. Is, I, I saw your Twitter blow up uh-huh. and you were marking out. I saw a lot of our friends marking out about this. Yeah. And just to see that they're going back to the animated well, I think is very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the animation is comes If you watch the Clone Wars film and then you watch. All the way through, obviously. Mm-hmm. The Clone Wars, and you look at where the animations come from Clone Wars, the film, to the final season of Clone Wars. They've come so far in terms of just how it looks and the technology and everything. And it's just, there's so many great stories I feel like they could tell with the animation that I'm glad to see they're still keeping it going. Would love to see what the hell happened with uh, with uh, certain characters in Star Wars Rebels, but that might come later. Well, I think this is all going to depend on how the Bad Batch is received. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be received very well because oh, I yeah. mean, the, fan, the fan base is there. Yep. And obviously, fans want to see this content. They want to see these characters still live on. Yeah. So this definitely sets the groundwork that Disney Plus wants to keep doing it, which, I mean, obviously, they're not slowing down for anything they no, have coming so up. So we are going to be getting a Mandalorian uh, crossover with the Bad Batch. We did see a glimpse of uh, one Fennec Shand uh, in the trailer, so we are going to be seeing her in some capacity in the show. Yeah, so definitely a lot to look forward to with that. Mm-hmm. And then next up was Star Wars Visions. Yeah, I did not see this coming, and this was not exactly what I thought it was going to be. I, I figured this was going to be some kind of like a Marvel what-if type of thing, mm-hmm. but it's not. Uh, it's, quote, all new creative takes on the galaxy far, far away. Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators. The anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Close quote. I don't know who they're going to get for this, but I'm very excited. I wonder if the team from Batman Ninja would be involved. Maybe they could see that. Uh, maybe uh, Studio Ghibli. Well, that could be another Ghibli, one too. Ghibli could be one. I, uh, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I don't know who they're going to get involved with this, but I'm very interested to see where this goes because I do remember reading early 2000s or so the the Star Wars manga mm-hmm. where it was essentially the Star Wars story you know and love, but in the Japanese uh, art style. Yeah, very cool, very awesome, great read. So maybe it'll be classic stories that you know, like you know, rescuing Leia from the Death Star. You know, uh, the Battle of Geonosis, you know, where they're in the arena fighting lightsaber, you know, with lightsabers and everything. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm interested to see where they go with this and, and some of the takes they they, ta- they do with this. Yeah, I definitely want to see it through a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see the show. Like, the more I'm hearing about it, the more I'm getting excited about yeah. it. Yeah. And obviously, to see how it, the world of Star Wars is going to look. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just can't wait to see about yeah, this. Yeah. So I'm definitely excited about that. The, yep. Uh, they also announced some shows that are in development. One includes a Lando Calrissian series uh, from creator Justin Simeon. Uh, don't know who's involved with this. They did show a sizzle reel something, but for us who aren't, you know, official inve- investors, we didn't get to see it. Please, for the love of God, let Donald Glover do it and start start every epic. Call it, and I can't take credit for this. One of my friends on Twitter posted this. Call it, I forget what he called the land, the Calrissian Files. Like he has, like he does in uh, Solo, where he goes Calrissian Files, and he just kind of does it, kind of like uh, you know Picard does, you know, yeah. in, in Star Trek. Start every episode with him explaining what happened, and then go show what happened. It writes itself. I think Donald Glover is going to be involved in this. I, I would imagine. Do so. Billy D. Williams as, as well. Flash yeah, forwards. Yeah. Flashbacks. Yeah. Well, you know they're going to definitely bring in the who's who for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear more about it. Um, Like I said, I'm just kind of waiting to hear confirmation about Donald Glover. Yeah. But as we talked about, he's one of the busiest men. This is true. And he's saying 2021 is going to be a bonkers year for him. Yeah. So he's definitely got a lot of projects on, yeah. his, on his plate there. So yep. definitely just waiting to hear a little more confirmation on that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, they announced a show from Leslie headland uh, it's called the acolyte and it's described quote as a, mi- a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era so of course this is that big crossover you know uh book comic young adult book kid book you know web they're weaving with the high republic series they're doing uh i know the first book is supposed to come out i have february or march or something like that you know i i know charles souls involved a whole, whole like it's like a who's who of star wars authors is involved with this but we are getting it looks up to be like a live action series uh involving dark side users which sign me the hell up yeah this definitely has a very cool premise to it mm-hmm. and it's also great because it's a prequel but it's so far in the past that you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, and obviously Charles Soule involved. I'm there. Uh-huh. I, I don't need much arm twisting for that. This is true. Uh, and then lastly, well, lastly, for one of the last few things they announced, uh, Lucasfilm Animation and ILM are working on a show called A Droid Story, uh, which is described, quote, as an epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by legendary duo R2-D2 and C-3PO. Uh, if, and I, they haven't said, but based off of quotes, he's said that he'll play the character until he dies. You can almost bet Anthony Daniels will reprise his role as C-3PO. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that was not the biggest bombshell uh, of the show. Uh, this no, portion. No, the Star Wars, like we said, had so many. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I had one that was I thought was the biggest. Pat has one. We definitely, when we get to the end of the segment, we want to hear what your biggest Star Wars segment was. But this definitely generated a lot of buzz. Yep. So they did. Men, they so once they got through all this, they did say, "Hey, we still got theatrical films to talk about." And no, yeah. there was no word about Ryan Johnson's supposed film they're working on. I would almost put this as dead in the water. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I think Ryan Johnson's stuff is done. It's not going to happen, or it's been kind of tabled until down the road. It was announced a couple of years, oh, two, three years ago, three years ago, I think, at this point. We haven't heard a thing about it. I don't think it's going to be happening. Uh, they did mention Taika Waititi's Star Wars film. He, uh, he's writing it. Not much is said, but they said it, it's going to be a lot of fun, and there's going to be some good comedy in it. Uh, you know, They did say the next Star Wars feature is coming out Christmas 2023, and it's coming from none other than one patty freaking jenkins yes director of the wonder woman franchise uh uh-huh. and she's directing a movie that some of you may heard of the name some of you might be familiar rogue squadron sign me the fuck up yeah. holy shit yeah this is going down 
So for those of you, the name might sound familiar. Rogue Squadron was, of course, a squadron that was formed by Luke Skywalker and Wedge Antilles during the Rebellion. Uh, you did hear them mention it a couple times in the films. Uh, there was a couple of video games in the GameCube, I know, generation, uh, Rogue Squadron films. Uh, you know, uh, it will, quote, introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings, risk their lives in a boundary-pushing high-speed throw ride, and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. Uh, if you haven't seen Patty Jenkins' uh, video she posted on Twitter that day, definitely should check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know she has said since this has come out that it will not be based off of any of the video game stories. So this is going to be an original story. I'm willing to bet this might take place post-Rise uh, of Skywalker. Perhaps I'm here. I'm here for it. You know, so I am Christ alive. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, this is definitely going to be one of the most highly anticipated movies mm-hmm. when they get going. Uh, Patty Jenkins has been on a, a roll. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman was great. Yeah, I can't wait to see what she's going to bring to the Star Wars universe, and obviously star fighting. Yep, <laughs> sign me the hell. Yeah, up. like I, you yep. don't you, you you had me there. Yep. Uh, just a couple other things to mention from the Lucasfilm that they mentioned at the end. After all the Star Wars fun, uh, they did announce that they are working on a Willow Disney Plus series that they are bringing back Warwick Davis to play the role. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like the more I've thought about this, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll probably give it a glance. Sure, but I'm not like sure. Whoa, like we need to bring Willow back. I was like, oh, this, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a unique thing, but then again, it's like I, I also go like, okay, we're bringing back so much, and mm-hmm. like, do we need to go back to the well and, and keep, yeah. you know, taking the water? Like, I'm just yeah. like, uh, they're also working on a film adaptation of Children of Blood and Bone, and then also they did announce that uh, the final, that the next Indiana Jones film, Five, uh, which is scheduled to begin shooting in spring 2021, uh, that it will be the final iteration of the Indiana Jones character. The wording like that isn't the exact wording they have, but they essentially said that it's going to be the last film we see Indiana Jones in, which leads me to believe that you will see kind of like a branch out from there, that it's going to be other uh, new characters or something. I don't think it's going to be, oh, hey, you know, Chris Pratt, because I know his name's been attached to it for mm. my fans for a while, is going to take up the head and he's going to be it's not going to be like a James Bond type scenario where it's, oh, hey, new actor, but it's got the same name. I think they'll build off of it and do something with that. Uh, just going to say right now, it ain't going to be Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it definitely is. It, gonna it ain't going to be Shia LaBeouf. I can tell you that right now. But but they do say that it will be the final outing of, of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And, well, duh. Uh, but I'm still excited for it. I, Willing to bet at this point it'll take place in the 60s. Yeah. Like, for me, I, I'm sorry. Like, the Indiana Jones franchise is just kind of ran its course with me yeah i mean the only thing i'm gonna have hard to suspend my disbelief with is harrison ford at his age when this film comes out doing any sort of action sequences yeah, he's gonna be like what 80 oh god something like that like i mean all more power to him like I'm yeah, not, well, yeah i'm not yeah. i'm not getting mad about that but i'm like i don't know it's like when is enough enough yeah like, like that's kind of yeah. my vibe on this i mean don't get me wrong i indiana jones 4 isn't the greatest film no I mean, it's not the, no. but it's not the worst i've ever seen no you know in terms of, you know, everything with the, uh, you know, the chase and trying to find the skull and, and finding the skull, I'm all right with that. You know, that's that's kind of classic Indiana Jones. Yeah. Christ, he was dealing with, you know, otherworldly powers, you know, God and and, and, the, and the, what is it, the uh, first one, and then you got the second one, and then you got the third one where he's trying to find the Holy Grail. Yeah. You know, so I don't mind that. It's when they started getting the aliens of all that, I was like, ah, okay, I feel like we're straying away Yeah, Temple of Doom bit. and Raiders of the Lost Ark are fine. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with yeah. that. Last Crusade, eh. It's not bad. It, it's okay. It's okay. And then, yeah, I mean. I mean, like I said, I enjoy everything about four, 
up to when the aliens get involved, and then I'm kind of like, okay, you lost me. Yeah, we bit. don't we don't need a let's get weird moment for yeah. Indiana Jones. Like, yeah. We already have enough like adventure going mm-hmm. on. We don't need yeah. freaking aliens. I'm sorry. No, we don't. But Pad, overall, what do you think is going to be the lock, and what do you think is going to be the leap for the Star Wars announcements here? I think the lock is going to be the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Uh, that is going to be in freaking incredible. Deborah Chow is uh, the showrunner for it. If you look at some of the work she did with season one of Mandalorian, I think she has great hands to put inside of it. I think the leap, and it's not a bad leap, but I think it's going to be bad. But I think the one that might surprise people is Visions. Because I, th- I think, you know, I know anime is very popular. I saw an article that, uh, according to some numbers from Netflix, uh, anime viewership on Netflix is up 100% or 200% over last year with Netflix. Mm. I think that's going to surprise more fans than you might think because, you know, anime, it's not a huge, you know, it's not as huge a thing as you might think. I know it's very big over the world and, and the numbers say that. But for folks who aren't big on anime is what I'm saying. I think it's going to surprise people. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, that, like my lock for this, I was definitely saying Obi Wan and Rogue mm-hmm. and Rogue Squadron. I yeah, think, I think. Oh, well, Rogue Squadron's gonna be fucking incredible. Yeah, like I think that's, I'm gonna see that nine times before it leaves theaters. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be the safest bet. I think of anything you're gonna have. It, ju- um, it just needs to have high, uh, highway to the danger zone in the trailer. Just saying. Oh, they'll 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 come up with something for that. You know they're going to. And the Obi Wan, the, the fact that we have Hayden Christensen coming back. God. And, and they're promising the rematch. Oh yeah. And I, and I know Hayden gets shit on a little bit for his portrayal of, of Anakin Skywalker, and he's whiny and this that. Listen, he worked with the lines he was given. Was I hate sand the best line in cinema history? No. But if you look at it, it, it just and especially with the second one, Attack of the Clones, all his scenes on, on screen with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi, and especially in the third one, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, he, he does take a lot of heat for it, but then again, those movies are not good. I'm sorry. It's the writing. It's the writing. Like, I'm sorry. Phantom Menace is is awful. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of Phantom Menace. I've said this many times on the show. Attack of the Clones is the worst one. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. You know, Sith is tolerable. Sith is great. Sith is, uh, Sith picks up at the end. Like once they finally get to Anakin flipping. That that listen. As much as fans want the Snyder cut, I want the supposed first cut of. Uh... Revenge of the Sith. Supposedly, the first cut of Revenge of the Sith was four hours, and that the opening battle was an hour. I want that. Where is it? Like I said, why come we're not getting that on? I want that. I'm definitely excited to hear about that. Holy shit. You know, like, I wouldn't mind, because like I said, Sith, I thought was tolerable. Like, Sith was good. Like, I I mean, I can say it's good, and I'd be okay saying that. The first two, no, I'm sorry. I mean, take out, uh, like like I said, Attack of the Clones is probably, well, there's no probably. It's bottom of my list. You know, second bottom of my list, if I'm including Clone Wars film. Close Clone Wars film, it's not good. Yeah. But it it launches off great. Uh, But take out the love storyline with that whole thing, like, especially some of those scenes on Naboo between him and Padme, and the film improves a lot better. Yeah, I, th- I agree, too. Yep. So, like I say, for Locke, I, I think that's the safe bet. Uh, for my leap, I'm going to say uh, Andor. Because mm-hmm. we really don't know what to expect out of this. Is, are they, can they capture the same magic the Rogue One had? I hope so. I would hope so, too. Like, I definitely got to say they're going to come with it, and Diego Luna is going to bring a lot of that uh, same kind of vibe to this project. So I'm definitely excited to see what they have going on with mm-hmm. it. So that being said, we're going to take a quick break and then jump back into the MCU talk from Disney Investor Day. But hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. What is your takeaways from the Star Wars announcements from Disney Investor Day? What about the other projects we talked about? Are you excited or are you not? And why? Let's have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Welcome to the Wednesday Pull List, your friendly neighborhood geek podcast hosted by two old friends. My name is Lex. And I'm Simon. Come check us out for all your comic book reviews, collectible news, and all your geeky nerd news that you're looking for throughout your week. Dropping new episodes every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Check us out on all our social media at Wednesday Pull. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. Last segment, we talked Star Wars, we talked Pixar, we talked FX of the Disney Investor Day, but now it is time for Pad to break down the MCU news. Mm -hmm. So Pad, leave us off. Yeah, so they started off with a trailer for WandaVision, which is, of course, coming to Disney Plus on January 15th. Trailer trailer looked really good. Yeah, gave me more questions than I have answers, and God, I want to see this thing already. It looks yeah. incredible. Uh, we did learn that what happens in WandaVision will directly tie into uh, the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness film, and that uh, Elizabeth Olsen will be appearing in uh, that said film as her character of Wanda, uh, which I believe I believe they said is filming right now or getting ready to film uh, soon. I believe so. Uh, so we did learn that. Uh, we did learn a bit of casting news throughout the whole thing. Uh, we learned that Zochiel Gomez is going to appear as America Chavez, uh, and then you will have the return of Rachel McAdams. Uh, also, uh, Tiona Paris will play Monica Rambeau, or the older version, uh, which mm-hmm. will appear in Captain Captain Marvel 2. Uh, we finally got a trailer for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, due in holy, March. Holy crap. Yeah, this one definitely lived up to the hype about this. Yeah, the, uh, ultimate uh, buddy f- buddy pick is happening. Yep, uh, this show looked absolutely incredible from what we saw. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan back yeah. in, the, in the title roles. Yeah, we did get a little more information of what's going on, but it was still kind of kept vague. But the fight scene with the Falcon, holy shit, damn, yo, absolutely impressive. We, we going we going in there with the plan? Deadpan silence. Yeah, we, we, we need a plan, don't we? And he just jumps out the plane. Yeah, this one definitely lived up. We did see a little bit more of the U.S. agent involved. Yep. We did see yep. Baron Zemo reprising yeah. his role, which, if I'm lucky, he does uh, take out the US, U.S. agent because I cannot stand the U.S. agent. I, I like get the, the feeling U.S. agent won't be around for very long. I am hoping not. I, I'm not a fan of that character. But that is due in March, so probably right on the heels of WandaVision. I, I imagine they'll probably take a week off and then come full force with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely I'm excited. This is probably the most excited I am for every show mm-hmm. that's coming out for Disney+. Plus. And I, and I got to say, I know they said it a couple times throughout the, the Investor Day video stream, but that, oh, these, are, these aren't just television shows. They're, they're films on Disney+. Plus. And I got that. That You know, Mandalorian, obviously, it's got a big budget feel to it with all the effects and the story and the this and that. But seeing the fight sequence where Falcon's flying through the canyon and there are explosions going off, that, that was like the first time that I legitimately got that, like, Oh, I'm watching a movie, but it's a television show feel to it. Yes. So there's definitely a lot of win about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very, very excited to see what this project is going to do. Like yeah. I said, I cannot wait for it to come out. Probably, the, like I said, the most bullseye I have on my calendar for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get to see a trailer for the upcoming series Loki, which is coming out in May of 2021. And holy shit, I knew this was going to be good, but damn, I didn't know it was going to be that good. Yeah, a little confusing, though. Uh, it's him hopping around time. Yeah, it's time travel. He's also D.B. Cooper convinced me otherwise. 
Yeah, this one definitely has kind of that heist feel to it. Yeah. So him jumping out the plane, Thor, Heimdall, you better be ready. Yeah. Jumps out the plane and gets the uh, the the rainbow bridge, whatever whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, the him, rain, rainbow bridge, sucking him back into space. Which I know, I believe it was Hiddleston teased. We might not have seen the last of Idris Elba as Heimdall. Well, you definitely got to think with all the time travel that's going to be happening. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of old friends return. Yeah, you figure. So I mean, we knew that we were going to expect something with this. And just where Loki is going to place in the, all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing now, because where does he wind up timeline-wise? And I feel like, just based off of some of the sequences and quick glances we saw, because we did see, once he got to the TVA, whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, that there were some, at least, what looked like glimpses of what had happened after he technically died. Because I know there was a shot where you saw the back of uh, Scarlett Johansson's uh, Black Widow and what appeared to be Vormir perhaps you know i know that's what fans were speculating uh but i I get the feeling that there's going to be some sort of comeuppance or you know debt to pay for him screw screwing with the timeline and and it's it's kind of like when you saw with uh flash tv show and eobard thawne was alive when he was supposed to be dead and you had those wraiths coming after him Mm. type of deal i figure there's going to be some sort of like all right you can stay, but you got to pay your debt here. Well, that's the one thing. I know the group you're mentioning is a time variance authority. Ah. So they're, like I say, they're kind of a unique group in Marvel. Sure. So how they're all going to pan out, sure. it's anybody's guess. But like I said, we're going to see a lot of old friends return for mm-hmm. this. I definitely cannot wait to see what Tom Hilson is going to do with yeah, this. Yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, this is going to be definitely something interesting. Like Second I said, season, please. Well, you know what? I want to see what they do for the first. Cause, True. Because that's True. the thing about this is like we, we see these characters come back, and is it going to be the magic that happens? And you know, Hillson is always money, but is there enough to carry on and continue doing a Loki series? Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing I want to see with this. Is am yeah. I going to leave this wanting more? Or am I going to say like, okay, this is a good one? I'm always down for more Hillston. Yeah, well, like I said, you can't go wrong with him. So. No. No. Definitely be eating up some scenery in the time heist, so mm-hmm. sign me up. Yep. Uh, we also got a trailer and uh, for the upcoming What If animated series, which is coming out in the summer of next year. Yeah, so like this is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. If you're not familiar with What If, this is a longtime Marvel comic mm-hmm. that basically flips your favorite stories and, yep. and interjects different characters. So the one uh, part that we did see in this trailer is Peggy Carter is the one who gets the super soldier serum, not mm-hmm. Steve Rogers. Yep. So that is the type of vibe you're going to get with this. I say, what was the well, there was another one where we saw Yandu uh, instead of picking up uh, Chris Pratt, he picks up a, a young T'Challa. Yeah. So and this will be the last uh, voice acting of yep. Chadwick, Bo- the late Chadwick Boseman. Yep. In this, so T'Challa will be uh, trained by Yandu and take over the Guardians of the Galaxy. We presume. Yep. Uh, another takeaway from this show is we did see they're going to introduce the Marvel Zombie Universe. Yo, I'm all for that. Wow. Uh, sign me up. Like uh-huh. this one has got so many so many possibilities, and especially because it's animated too. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing that we have to remember with this that they have a wide open playbook of who they yeah. want to get involved and what they want to do with the show. Yeah. So I hope this really takes off. Because and and I think it's an awesome thing, and I know we've said it before, but I think it's awesome that they're getting, like, when you see a character on screen, that is the voice of the person who voiced him in him or her in the film. Yeah. It's not a close, oh, we're going to get as close as we can, and hopefully you don't notice that. No, like, if you see Ant-Man on screen... That is that is you know the actor that is you know if you see Scarlet uh, the Black Widow on the screen that is Scarlet Johansson mm-hmm. you know that that's just awesome yeah and Marvel is definitely taking their time with this so I am very interested to see what they're going to present with mm-hmm. it the trailer looked cool though yeah. the trailer looked very yeah. cool. Uh, we also uh, got some more information on some TV shows we already knew. Uh, Ms. Marvel will feature Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan. 
Uh, and then they finally confirmed probably like the worst kept ape secret on the Internet uh, because there were photos out that same day of this person wearing a certain costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. Yes. Which, again, worst kept secret on the Internet, because I think literally that same day there was because they're they're currently filming the show someplace uh, in, uh new york i would like. say i think it's in new york there was a shot of Haley steinfeld in new york next to jeremy runner wearing a costume that kate bishop is very familiar with no uh, wearing so yes. everyone's like okay yeah we know this uh he also mentioned that uh tatiana maslani uh, will start in the she hulk series so that has been officially confirmed yep that is officially confirmed it came out of feige's own mouth uh it will also feature mark ruffalo reprising his role as bruce banner in the incredible hulk Oh, by the way, Tim Roth is coming and reprising his role as the Abomination. Very interested to see yeah. him returning. Uh, but She-Hulk is going to be a fun series. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar, uh, this is the story of the Hulk's cousin, Jennifer Walters, yep. who gets a blood transfusion, and that's, that's how she becomes She-Hulk. Yep. She's also an attorney. Yep. So you're going to see a lot of varying characters interact. And, with I, think, and I think he teased a certain red-suited, blind... Uh, lawyer making an appearance. Yes, he did. He, so. he he didn't come out and say it, but he said, "Oh, you know this show." He basically said, and I'm paraphrasing. He basically said, "Oh, well, you know the show's uh, lawyers are involved, and it's going to be a courtroom, so you never know who's going to show up." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I'm like, "Oh, he just kind of teased that we're going to see uh, Daredevil in this, it didn't he?" Yes. Okay. Yeah, because there's a long-standing rumor that Charlie Cox is coming back. Now mm-hmm. we have not heard anything <laughs> official. Official. Right. right. But all signs are pointing to yes. So mm-hmm. I, I know we've been clarifying that, you know, if he comes back, just give, give me Vincent D'Onofrio. Please. Yeah, he's got to come back as Kingpin. And then let's see about getting the rest of the cast back. Because mm-hmm. obviously with the Netflix properties coming back to Marvel, and we've talked about this in the past, we don't know who's coming back officially. What some, are, some are more locks than others. Yeah, like I say, the locks and leaks. D'Onofrio is probably a lock. Cox is probably a lock. I would imagine... Uh, Punisher, uh, John Bernthal Bernthal's is, a lock, but, I, I think. But the only question with him, not to get sidetracked, where does he fit in with Disney Plus? Right. Are we going to do Disney Minus like I talked right, about? Or right, we, and right. I know there was rumors going around about a Disney Hulu merger. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything official yet. No. But I thought we'd get a little more confirmation from um, Kevin Feige about Charlie Cox coming back. But all signs are pointing to yes. So it's not saying it's mm-hmm. out, it's completely dead in the water. Yep. It's just until Feige says official, we got to kind of wait with beta breath. Yeah. Uh, and then he announced a whole bunch of new shows, one of which I'm saving for last because I want to torture Ken a little bit. Uh, we they, He did announce that they're working on an Ironheart series, of course, starring about Riri Williams, uh, starring Dominique Thorne. Uh, there is a baby group. Uh, series coming to Disney Plus in a series of shorts called Iron Root. Uh, and then he unveiled a show called Armor Wars, uh, which will feature Don Cheadle, uh, you know, basically living to one of Tony Stark's worst fears coming true. This is a classic Iron Man story. Like, mm-hmm. I will say one of the best comic Iron Man stories they, they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to swap... Uh, uh, Rhodey in there instead of Tony Stark. So yep. I cannot wait for this one. Yep. Uh, and then one of the last few new things he announced, uh, there is a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming. Not this year. Uh, it, they're going to film it right during when they're filming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So that's coming down the pike. But the one, I guess I can't hold off on it any longer, that he did announce Sam Jackson returning as Nick Fury, Ben Mendelsohn returning as Talos, Secret Invasion. I'm here for this. I like coming to Disney Plus, not the big screen. I know. Pad, just, just want to point that out. Pad wanted me to go Mark crazy out for this, which I I will say, I'm happy to see they're going to do Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to make sure the stakes are that high. I think that we're going to see a lot of old friends from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. appear here. Could be. Uh, so I think that we're going to see Chloe Bennett reprise her role as Quake. Mm-hmm. Because she did tweet out something kind of funny. Maybe it was an accident, maybe not. Hmm. That she was super excited for Disney Investor Day. Hmm. So I don't know what that was supposed to entail. We did not hear her officially attached to any projects. But if you're going to do Secret Invasion, I think that you definitely have to get some of those agents back. Yeah. And where is Phil Coulson and all this? So, damn it, where is Clark Gregg? Mm-hmm. And give me Max with, Mac with his shotgun axe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I need that in the MCU, damn it. Uh, for the video games. Uh, but from this project's going on, uh, the I Am Groot is... I was actually kind of surprised at that. Yeah. That they're going to do, what, short animated films? A series of shorts. I know they've done a couple of... Like, I know they did uh, in kind of like a spinoff from Toy Story 4, the character Forky. You know, they did a, a series of shorts, which are actually really funny, including the one Forky, What is Love, which it features a host of classic, you know, uh, sketch... TV series favorites, Betty White's in there, you know, a whole bunch. Like, just I, I don't want to spoil who's in the short, but like, go check it out and see if you can figure out the names. But Disney's been doing these, and I think it only makes sense. Group, very popular character, the kids like him. Vin Diesel's a tag to this. I would imagine so. I mean, it's not going to be hard. He, I mean, Christ, he just has to say like three words. Yeah, I'm Groot. Well, I just want to make like that did not come out, but I was they said, didn't they I, didn't I, I say they didn't say, but I it, it's not hard. Even if he's in the m- middle of filming fast. Nine, you know, and he's got some downtime in between takes. He can just do it right there. And the holiday special, I better live up to the Star Wars expectation. That's going to be hard to top, but I think they can do it. James Gunn is writing it, so it'll be great. Oh, it'll be out of control for this one. And then Armor Wars, I was actually very surprised. So was I. I was not expecting that. No, but it makes perfect sense. And like I say, for Iron Man stories, it's in the top five conversation. Of all time. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it is. Yep. Uh, And then lastly, switching to the theatrical stuff. Black Widow is still on track for its theatrical release. They did not say it's going to be coming out on Disney Plus or Premier Access, so it looks like it's going to be a theaters only. Uh, so for now, so we'll wait and see on that, because who knows, things may change. Mm-hmm. Uh, production has wrapped, of course, as we know, on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Tang- Ten Rings. Uh, so probably a trailer for that. Yeah, maybe Super Bowl? Hard to say. I, You know what? I The more I'm thinking about it, that is a possibility. Could be. And I, I'm I'm now more sold on that idea that we're going to see a trailer then. Could be. I thought we'd see one for Eternals then, like if they're really holding off on that. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm banking Christmas Day, NBA, uh, game day, we're going to see Eternals. Could be. Uh, also, Captain Marvel 2, will, it was announced, will arrive in November, on November 22nd, and it will feature Monica Rambeau, uh, of course, uh, from WandaVision. And then yeah, that's a no-brainer Ms. there. Ms. Marvel. Uh, and then uh, Eternals is on track, and then they also mentioned Blade is still in the works. You know, they're still, you know, they didn't really say anything about Blade. They just, hey, it's still coming. We're working on scripts. We're getting there. Also, they gave the title for uh, Ant-Man 3. Uh, it is titled Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Quantumania, run uh, wild. And then Jonathan Majors is joining the cast as Kang the Conqueror. Uh, yes. Yep. And then uh, they did do a bit of a casting change. Uh, Catherine Newton is now playing Cassie Lang uh, for Ant-Man 3. Uh, also, uh, for Love, Thor, Love and Thunder, we found out who Christian Bale's playing. Who? He's playing the villain, Gore the God Butcher. Okay. Um, I'm actually a little surprised at that because I, I figured Christian Bale would have drawn a more like they would lock him up long term. I was hoping Beta Ray Bill. No, I'm kidding. Oh, he went great at Beta Ray Bill, but um, I mean, he's going to be great in this role too. Yeah. This is going to be a very interesting movie, I would think, because they're going to borrow a lot from the Jason Aaron um, right. run, which I, Jason Aaron is one of the best Thor writers on the planet. Yeah. 
uh, his work is definitely, you know, it's already hitting that legendary status. Mm -hmm. So to see where they're going with this is going to be interesting. Obviously, you know, Natalie Portman is returning to to the role. I know uh, Jimmy Alexander is coming back as Lady Sif. Yep. So they're definitely lining this movie up. Um, it's going to be interesting when it all plays out because the fact that we're going to get Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. I definitely think is very interesting. Ant-Man and the Wasp, though, um, very surprised at that one. Yeah. Because uh, I know Kang the Conqueror is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. To see him get introduced in this one I think is going to be you know, really very interesting to watch because I don't want to see how they're going to bring him in. And with Catherine Newton now as Cassie Lang, the writing is on the wall. I've been saying it for a while. Uh-huh. Young Avengers is going down. Yep. In fact, I would not doubt that we see an Easter egg in the Falcon Winter Soldier too. I'm just going to put Could that be. out there too. Could be. Uh, I think the with Christian Bale playing Gore, the God Butcher, awesome casting. I think he's going to be great. This might also be the first instance in a Marvel film where they don't kill their villain and are able to use him down the road. Well, and not have to use some sort of shenanigans to bring him back. Yeah, I mean, with Gore, it, it, not to ruin anything with the story, because if you haven't read the story, you should go read the story. Uh, it, it's very interesting they're going to bring him in um, for that role, because I would have thought that, like I said, they would bring him in long term. So they might not kill him off, and maybe we'll see more Gore down the road. Could be. Um, but it's kind of, like I say, with with Bale attached to it, it's going to be very interesting to see how the future plays out for mm-hmm. the character. So. Have something to stay tuned for. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, it was officially announced by Kevin Feige uh, that they will not be recasting the role of T'Challa, which, of course, was played by the late Chadwick Boseman. Uh, you know, he, he said that, listen, you know, out of respect for him and everything he did, we are not recasting the role. Did not say what they're going to plan on doing for Black Panther 2. But all he did say is that we're not they're not recasting uh, the role. That's the right call to do. So. Absolutely. And then bombshell of all bombshells uh, did not see this one coming. John Watts, some point down the road. Fantastic four. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, that one definitely caught my eyes. Uh, the logo, at least I didn't have uh, flashbacks of Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to pronounce it with yeah. the four in there, but uh, yeah. that wasn't happening. Um, well, now the question is, you have a director attached. Mm-hmm. You posted the logo. Yep. When are we going to hear about casting? And I'm going to make the early prediction right now. Mm-hmm. Whatever version we get of San Diego Comic-Con, we're going to hear the casting. Probably. That I think that, obviously, depending on what's going on in the world at that time, and I'm not going to make any assumptions, if you have a live crowd in some kind of capacity, Mm -hmm. or you're going to do it big virtually, this is the way to do it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, because I feel, and this is, I don't know anything, just I feel like if they're at the point where they're ready to announce, they're doing it. You know, this isn't exactly announcing a sequel. You know, mm-hmm. you're announcing a new franchise and, you know, the first good iteration of this franchise where I feel like they're far enough along in the process where if they don't already have some folks signed on to this, they're in final negotiations. That yeah. They're at that point where they're like, all right, we know, insert actor here, I'm pulling a name out of my, out of my hat, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for example. Mm-hmm. If, if Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in talks to appear in the film in some way, they know he's going to appear in the film, and it's just a matter of dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and figuring out the language of, of his contract. You know, I feel like they're at that point, though, with this film where, they, you know, however many they might have attached with it or they might want to do for it, they're at that point where they're like, all right, we're far enough along that we know pre-production is going to start on this and we can only keep the lid on this for so long. John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. 
I'd be alright with that. Th- that's Reed and Sue right there, and then we can go from there with everybody else. Yeah. So that's, like I said, you can hear my phone dropping because I'm so fired up about it. <laughs> but I think that Marvel definitely came with it on this. Yeah. I mean, overall, like I would say, what's your lock and lead for this? Oh, I think my lock is going to be Falcon Winter Soldier. I think that is going to be absolutely incredible. That is, like, I know they've said multiple times over the, the you know the last year or two that all oh, these aren't just going to be TV shows, that they're going to be, you know, big budget films, but in a TV format. I think, like I said, I think Winter Soldier is going to be the first iteration that I've, I, we finally go, oh, now I see, you know. Uh, I, and then I think my leap, uh, She-Hulk. I think that's going to be a lot better than people may think just because, law, you know, lawyers, they might think of like a law and order type of thing or any of those other type of crime dramas. But I think that's going to be better than people might think. Yeah, I got to say, I think my locker, I'm with you, Falcon Winter Soldier. I think that they're going to definitely be doing a lot of groundwork for a lot of other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, I'm not doubting that you're going to see uh, Elijah Bradley get introduced from Young Avengers. Could be in some kind of capacity. Like I just, I have a feeling that that's how it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. So um, anything is possible with that. Could I, be. And I and I also think with the trailer too, we saw Madame Mask in there as well. So. There's so much that they're going to hit the groundwork with, and I gave this prediction on the Council of Nerds show. I fully think that you're going to see Bucky get spun off into running a Thunderbolts. And I think you're going to see groundwork for that get laid here, too. All right. If not, I would love to see how they introduced him in the comics. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, but the pieces are kind of in place. I'm just saying that right now. They're kind of there. So... That is the one I'm most locked in for, but obviously with how Disney Plus is stacking the shows right now, we have in January, WandaVision, March is Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki's in May, mm-hmm. What If is summer. Now, that has not been officially confirmed of a, of a start date, but if I have to guess, I'm going to say August. Could be. So they're loading up the deck right now. The other one we should mention that I, I completely forgot to mention last segment with Star Wars is they did say, and it was kind of like a blink-and-you-miss-it type scenario, uh, Mandalorian Season 3 is going to be coming out in Christmas of next year. Well, I think that that's where I was going with, too, is Marvel is definitely loading up the first half of the yeah. year. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then they're giving the, the end half to Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they're being very smart about this because... Obviously, you don't want to be competing with your own No, house. no. And I know there are a lot of people going, oh, my God, it's a lot of content. But, like, okay, if, if you're real busy and you don't have time to watch everything and you're trying to watch everything at once, yes. But they're spacing these out enough where, you know, okay, WandaVision coming out in, what is it, January. Next one's Falcon Winter Soldier. That's not coming out till March. You know, they're spacing these out enough where it's not. And plus, you're gonna have stuff in between. It's enough of a space, and it's over the next couple of years. You know, Christ, they're not going to put out 10 Marvel shows in the next year. Let me put it this way. We have had a very rough year getting content here in 2020. This is true. Oversaturation in 2021 is not a problem. No. <laughs> Give me as much as you physically can. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And for the MCU, this is the first calendar year we have not had any new MCU content, correct? For the first time since 2009, 2010, somewhere yeah. in there. In that vicinity. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to count Marvel 616 on Disney+, Plus, you can, but... Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you, you had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, final season, but in terms of, like, a new theater, theatrical release, no, there's not really been anything. Right. Since 2000. Like, the gap, I think, it was between uh, Hulk and then Thor. No, Marvel has stacked the deck brilliantly here. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the way to do it, because obviously with The Mandalorian taking a break... Yeah. The Star Wars stuff, we don't have official start dates. We just right. know it's coming. Right. So if they want to alternate years with Marvel and Star Wars, Disney Plus is doing the right thing. Yeah. 
and especially coming out the gate, you know Marvel has got a lot of stuff ready to go. Because oh, they, Christ, they got the chamber loaded. They're so loaded just because they, they've been waiting on everything. Yeah, they're going to come out swinging with so much stuff mm-hmm. that your head's going to spin. But this is what you but want. But in a good way. It's a good way because we want content. As fans, we want the new stuff. Mm-hmm. The old stuff's great and all. Don't get me wrong. But we want the new stuff. We want to see what this new post-Endgame universe is going to look Still like. Still waiting on that. Yeah, which we, we have little bits and pieces here and there. Sure. I mean, we do know about a few other projects that are coming out. Though. I mean, we're going to talk about one-in-one-shots that, mm-hmm. that we didn't want to even get speculating on because there's some <laughs> news breaking as we're recording, allegedly. So with all that being said, though, Marvel is delivering on so many fronts. Like I said, your lock is obviously Falcon Winter Soldier, your mm-hmm. easiest one. I am still sticking to my guns that the leap that I think is going to pay off is Shang-Chi and the, Ten, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's going to be real good. Because nobody is talking about this. That's true. But the one thing that I'll bring up all the time when we, we speak about this movie is, Pad, when was the last time we had a great karate kung fu movie? Uh, At least the 80s. 80s, maybe Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I, I throw that in the mix. Yeah, yeah. If you want something different and you're tired of seeing the cookie-cutter stuff from Marvel, which I'm not saying it's bad because... You know, Marvel they've got does, a formula and it have, works. Yeah, they they don't break away from stride too much. No, Shang Chi is going to be the movie. Yeah, Eternals is the one that I'm I'm already said now. I think is going to be the first one to take an L as far as Marvel is concerned. Uh, no, that would be Inhumans. Well, yeah, that's enough said there. Is <laughs> the fact that that didn't get made into a movie? The first, that, it'll be the, it, you're saying it could be the first theatrical. Yes, L. thank you. That's yeah. Because anytime I I think about Inhumans, I just try blocking it out. But for what Marvel is bringing here with everything, there's a lot of win. And I think that for everybody that's worried about, oh, is the market going to get oversaturated? Hell no. I think that some things are not going to click maybe as big as they're sure. thinking. Sure. I think the holiday specials, listen, are going to be one-offs that you can watch one time a year. Mm-hmm. You know, So like that is the, the I am Groot. Who knows what you're going to get out of that. Mm-hmm. But overall, Marvel has delivered you so much, and they're going to stock 2021. It could be the year of Marvel. Oh, yeah. It could be. And not to say the DC is slouching either. Right. But there's going to be so much for fans that whether you love Marvel, whether you love DC, you should love both because it's all right to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fully entertained for 2021 moving forward. Absolutely. Sign me the hell up. So that being said, make sure you take a listen to the Council of Nerd Show on the ODPH Network because you had a lot of content creators giving your thoughts about the MCU. But this segment... Pad broke it down. I broke it down. What is your takeaways from Marvel, from Disney Investor Day? Let us have that conversation. You can find us on Twitter at OD Parlay Hour, and it has all the links that you need to know right then and there. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Tyler from Second Suitor, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends with Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, it's one shot's time. Kick us off. Got to talk about a few things. First of all, first off, my thoughts on the Cyberpunk game, because I finally... I mean, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that came out last week. I'm finally able to play it after a few headaches. Uh... 
picked it up on Friday, Thursday after I got out of work, uh, took it home, and I knew that there was a pretty hefty uh, first day, day one update uh, to the tune of 43-plus gigs. So I, I, I brought it home. Uh, turned on my PlayStation, cleared off a few things that I, because I knew 43 gigs on top of whatever else is on the install. So I had enough room on my PlayStation because I have a, a fat old PlayStation 4. Uh, so I was like, all right, cleared off some space, put in the game, install. It took me, I installed it, or I put the game in at about 3.45, 4 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern. It did not finish installing the update until 11.50 that night. Wow. Yeah. So had that happen Friday, I was busy hanging out with my family and my girlfriend. So I didn't get to play it. Then a uh, friend was, I was talking to a friend about the install and everything else. He's like, watch you turn on the game next time. And there's another install. I'm like, don't you even joke about that? Turned around Saturday uh, after I did some running around, you know, I had to get my car looked at and then do some running around. I got home. All right. Play cyberpunk. It's a 17 gig update. So I was like, <laughs> it's like, God, Damn it. So right now we're like around sixty, right? If I'm doing rough math. Yeah. So there's a yeah. So there was a there was an seventeen gig update to that, but I finally got into it. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's a little overwhelming because there's so much to do. There's a lot, you know, a lot of exploring. I know people are complaining about you know bugs in this. I will say, it is rendering a little slower than I'm used to. Like it is a little confusing, but like it does render and it does go out. You know, it's not terribly long. I'm not waiting like PS2 lengths of loading. You know, there is stuff that is loading in a little slowly for me. But in terms of bugs, I haven't really I've run into any. I've only run into one where there is an option in the game, obviously for subtitles uh, during cutscenes. There's also an option to turn on subtitles when you're walking around the city and people are talking where you can read what they're saying. Mm. Uh, I did have that turned on just because I like to have that turned on. I did run into a bug where somebody said something and I kept seeing the the text on screen even when I drove away and it wasn't going away. It was like right at the start of the game. But I felt like I right, went into the settings, turned off that setting for having that text on, went back paused it again turned it back on and it was gone so i haven't run into any bugs you know but like i said i am enjoying it, it the uh shooting because it's a first person shooter it's a little different than anything i'm used to so it's taken a little little bit to get used to but I, like i said i'm enjoying the hell out of it i can't wait to dig into more of it uh the map is supposedly bigger than the one in gta 5 which is absolutely bonkers to that's me that's crazy because that's a huge map but like i said i'm enjoying the hell out of it yeah it definitely looks interesting like mm-hmm. i have avoided it right now i mean sure I, like I want to make sure it's up and running sure. before I decide buy it. And sure. I'm not. I'm not judging anybody who did early. Like, sure. I know, you know, if you if you have that patience, I don't. Sure, so, like, sure. I'm, I'm the horrible person. Uh, and for those of you curious at home, I chose the street punk uh, opening I, because there's three options uh, at the start where you can like choose where your character started as. One is nomad. Uh, the other is corp corporate. The uh, middle one is uh, street kid. And after watching a video, and like, all right, what do what do each of these mean? Uh, I chose street kid. Uh, so for those of you curious at home, uh, switching over to some other stuff, uh, it was announced uh, there are some new films that are getting added to the National Film Registry uh, in the Library of Congress. Okay. Uh, uh, so this was uh, on Monday, The quote, reading from an IGN article, quote, on Monday, the Library of Congress unveiled its annual list of 25 movies that will be added to the National Film Registry in an effort to showcase the range and diversity of American film heritage and increase awareness of it for its preservation. So I uh, ju- won't go through the whole list, but here are some notable ones added to the Film Registry. So these will be preserved for all time. Uh, 1980s, The Blues Brothers. Great. Amazing film. Yeah. Uh, Clockwork Orange from 1971. Uh, 
The Dark Knight from 2008, of course, the Christopher Nolan film. Yes. Great movie. 1978's Grease. Uh, 2008's The Hurt Locker. Uh, you also have, where lost it. There it is. Uh, 2001's Shrek. Uh, also got added just to name a few. So some, some good movies. I know, uh, I know Empire Strikes Back is in there. There's a lot of great movies uh, in the Library of Congress. So some very interesting choices. Made yeah, there. some very worthy additions, I yeah. would say. I mean, I'm yeah. not really struggling with anybody that got added. No, no. Uh, switching over to some. Uh, Netflix Witcher news. I know, sadly, uh, this I read this while we were recording. Uh, Henry Cavill did have a muscle injury uh, while filming The Witcher, although yeah, her leg injury, yeah, leg injury. Although I'm calling bullshit. Known gamer, Cyberpunk just came out. Wants to get out. Wants to keep playing Cyberpunk. Oh, pad with an exclusive. Calling it now. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Calling it now. He's a fan of CD Projekt Red games. Cyberpunk just came out. He wants to play more Cyberpunk. Calling it now. Uh, but no, seriously, I wish Henry Cavill the very best and cannot wait for what season two of The Witcher. Speaking of The Witcher, it was announced on The Witcher Netflix's Twitter account today that starting on December 16th and running and ending on the 21st, it will be the Six Days of Witchmas campaign. So uh, the tw- reading again from the IGN article, it says, quote, The Witchmas celebration was announced on The Witcher's official Twitter account where a thread of tweets revealed more about the holiday themed event which is set to begin on December 16th and end on December 21st. During this period, fans will be asked to vote daily to accept a gift or to invoke the law of surprise. Uh, With the winning choice revealed the following day together with the next gift and vote. Quote, I have, and this is from the uh, thread of tweets, uh, quote, I have acquired these gifts by searching far and wide for the content that you so often request from me. You may choose to accept that gift or you may choose to invoke the law of surprise. The decision will be made as a collective based on a vote that will be held here. The winning choice will be revealed the following day, along with a new offering and another vote. Close quote. Uh, and then it says, uh, choose wisely for my gifts are my gift offers are sincere, but the law of surprise is out of my musically gifted hands. Close quote. I am scared for this because. Yeah, this just sounds weird. It, it sounds well, it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see what they offer because it's the content you've been waiting for. Well, the biggest content we've all been waiting for is already out. Toss a corn to your Witcher is available for purchase and listen on any streaming platform you, you use. Uh, so I'm interested to see what content they people have been asking for their offering. Uh, but I'm also afraid with this whole voting process, because if anyone's familiar with how voting on the Internet works, the Internet likes to really screw with voting. Uh, Bodie McBoatface, enough said. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm a little afraid that we'll get something offered, you know, like, oh, hey, uh, first look trailer for season two. Because I know they're filming, you know, I'm sure they can put something together. I'm sure they got a sizzle reel or something. You know, like oh, one of the choices could be, oh, oh, season two, first look trailer or something really bizarre. And the internet being the internet will be like, oh, I know all the fans are going to want the trailer. I'm going to vote for the other one. Yeah. But I'm real excited to see this go down. Uh, of course, season two of The Witcher is uh, started filming in London earlier this year. Uh, you know, but it was planned to release sometime in 2021. But with pandemic and injuries and all that, uh, you know, not really sure when season two is going to be dropping. But, you know, I am excited. Yeah, it definitely is something to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. I, I still have to catch up on it. Like, like it's going to be like Game of Thrones for me. Yeah. Because I did not like Game of Thrones when I first started. And sure. Then I just had to sit there and hammer through sure. it. And then I first, got first scene's all over the place. I will admit. But that's because, like I said before, the book it's based on is all over the place. It's a jumping through. It's jumping through times. If you get through it, the final, I want to say it's like three episodes, everything kind of comes together and you go, oh, now I get it. Yeah. 
uh, switching back over to some movie news, uh, and again, related to Warner Brothers announcing that their 2021 films are going to HBO Max. Uh, Christopher Nolan has voiced his displeasure, if you've read. Also voicing his displeasure is Dune director Dennis Villanueva. Uh, now, he did write, uh, I guess, an opinion piece, you could say, uh, that was put out on Variety uh, and said, quote, With this decision, AT&T has hijacked one of the most respectable and important studios in film history. Uh, close quote. He, he went on to say that there was quote, absolutely no love for cinema nor the audience here. It's all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion. With HBO Max's launch a failure thus far, AT&T decided to sacrifice Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience's attention, close quote. Uh, so, obviously and clearly, Dennis Villanueva is not happy. Uh, what will happen out of this, hard to say. Uh, but I would not be surprised if uh, other studios like a Disney, who of course has 20th century films, uh, or somebody else poaches these directors and says, hey, you want to make content for us instead of those guys? We know you don't like those guys. Well, we knew the move was going to be controversial no yeah. matter what. Yeah. And it's it's a matter of, okay, do we do something with it or do we keep holding it on forever? Mm-hmm. I it's a, it's a catch twenty two. I can understand the director's issues. I get it, yeah. but it's also at the same time, I understand the movies or HBO's idea where they want to do with it. And uh-huh. It's like okay, well, we have a service. We can still give it to the public. Yeah, we see what Disney Plus is doing. Uh-huh. We're struggling to get our service off the ground. Well, we can't go option A where we want to go with movies. Why don't we try option B? And then yet again, if your movie is that good. Mm-hmm. They'll put it back in theaters and people want to go see it on the big screen. Like, yep. like honestly, have we not thought about movies such as – I'm no going to compare apples and oranges here. Sure. New Mutants. Uh-huh. Okay. Barring the pandemic, mm-hmm. it had been pushed back how many times? Oh, God. Uh, at least th- three years worth. Okay. So three years worth. How badly did that movie cool off? Oh, to the point where almost no one wanted to see it. Exactly. So are you can honestly say that people, mm-hmm. the general public, are going to wait around five years, right. six years, whatever right. the case is, right. for your movie to come out, mm-hmm. and that's going to be enough buzz to generate the loss of profit for it? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like maybe I'm just looking at it differently, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, okay, I understand your gripe, but you have to realize this is the era we are living in currently. Mm-hmm. We're very optimistic for 2021 that we will get back to normalcy. Right. Well, nothing is guaranteed at this moment, so yeah. HBO made the move. All right, can they always backtrack out of it if we're up and running? Absolutely. Yeah. But for right now, this is the smart play to do, in my opinion. Well, and especially just, I get he's mad and I get he wants it to come out in theaters, but just, I don't think anybody's realized this. 2021, you know, assuming everything works out great and theaters reopen, 2021 is fucking yeah, there are so many films that are scheduled to come out this, that year where, I mean, you've got the Cinderella remake coming from Columbia Pictures. That's going to be out in February. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, coming to America too, coming to Amazon Studios and probably going to have a theatrical release as well. Uh, Tom and Jerry film is from HBO or from, you know, from uh, Warner Brothers. King's Man is coming out. Uh, Morbius is supposed to be coming out next year. You've got another Boss Baby movie. You've got the James Bond film coming out next year. Uh, I'm looking through a list on Wikipedia, so if 
you bear with me as I look for some of the bigger movies. Uh, Black Widow's coming out next year. Godzilla vs. King Kong. Free Guy. Fast and Furious 9. Cruella. By the way, those ones I listed from uh, Black Widow to Fast and Furious 9 are only in the month of May. You know, just looking, you look at June, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife is supposed to be coming out in the Heights. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, July, Top Gun Maverick, another Minions movie. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, Uncharted, Space Jam, A New Legacy. Uh, Jungle Cruise, August, you've got Suicide Squad, Hotel Transylvania 4, Deep Water. Uh, Don't Breathe 2, The Hitman's Wife, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Another, uh, you got a Paw Patrol movie for the kids. You know, the Sonder Candyman. Uh, then you've got Death in the Nile is supposed to come out in September. Uh, you know, there's just some, Dune in uh, in October. Adam's Family 2. Halloween Kills. Snake Eyes, which I believe is like a prequel or something for the character Snake Eyes in G.I. Joe. Yeah, it is. Eternals in November. You got an Elvis biopic coming out in November. Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Mission Impossible 7. Uh, and then in December, you've got West Side Story from uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, supposed to have the Spider-Man Far From Home sequel. Matrix 4. You know, there's and that, there's just so many loaded movies that year. There's so much coming out that it's like, if your stuff is really going to stand out, good luck. And like, I hope and it, it is. And especially, like, folks like you and I, we're able to see a ton of movies. Yeah. Well, you know, we have that ability. Not everybody has that ability to see, you know, two, three movies a month. I mean, Christ, like I said, month of May, loaded. Yeah. A lot of films, a lot of big films. There are some people that are going to have to pick and choose, and especially family. There are going to be some families that are going to have to pick and choose. All right. Do we want to, you know, take the kids to see, you know, if they got kids or whatever. All right. We know the kids want to see these kids movies. We're not going to have money to swing to see, you know, husband really wants to see Dune. They're not going to be able to swing it because we got to take the kids to see the kids movies. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And that's one thing that, like, I understand everybody's frustrated right now. I get it. Yeah. Hell, we lived in this era. Yeah. I fully get the frustration. But to make the best of a bad situation, and what, like I say, everybody says, well, it can't come out of movie theaters. Like, you're really a whole lot? Like, yeah. like I'm sorry, is is there seriously a fan base, in in my opinion, that is clamoring for Dune? I mean, and, I'm interested this, to see it. Yeah, but, like, are you, like, diehard that you'd be willing to wait five years to no, see it or, or no, three years no. or whatever? Like, that's one point I'm saying. Like, it, it was a re, it's a remake from an original movie that we've already seen. Right. And, and like, I've, I've never read the book it's based off of. I never saw the original. But just between the cast I'm like, and, and people saying how good the book is, I'm like, I'll give it a shot. I'll go yeah, see it. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not completely trashing the movie. I don't right. know if that's not coming across. My point is, for everybody saying, like, oh, well, our stuff has to come out of the big screen or else. Mm-hmm. Do you really have a fan base for your certain project to come out that's going right. to sustain a long gap in delays? Because you know, let's say hypothetically, saying movie theaters are back open in June, mm-hmm. you know, optimistically, how is everybody going to be trying to stack the deck to get their stuff back in theaters? Quickly? Right, right. There's just not enough projectors in the theater to show yep. everybody's movie for that length of time to really recoup what you're going to deal with. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I understand the frustration. I do. I get it. But yeah. You also have to work in the means you're given, and if you're pissed off because your stuff's coming out and and to HBO Max right now, look, if it's that good, people will still flock to see it in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. Yep. Uh, switching over to some uh, video game news. Video game news. Uh, it was announced that Bad Robot Productions, which was of course J.J. Abrams' movie and TV production company, uh, is launching a video game division uh, under the guidance of former Valve executive Michael Booth. Uh, in 2018, it was announced that Bad Robots would be expanding into video games with Bad Robot Games. But with this new venture, it's going to bring Booth uh, for in 
help develop video games. Uh, and this means that Bad Robot themselves will begin developing and designing games of their own. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, uh, Michael Booth, uh, he's, he's made some uh, games. Uh, he's formerly a developer at Turtle Rock Studios, which is where the developers of the Left 4 Dead series, as well as for Back for Blood. Uh, he was also a project lead on games such as Counter-Strike, Condition Zero, Knox, as well as working on, on the game called Team Fortress 2 and then Commander Command and Conquer Generals. Uh, if you're not familiar with Team Fortress 2, uh, it's a game that has vastly outlived its shelf life, I would say. Yeah. It launched in, it was released on October 10th, 2007. There are still people playing this game online. Absolutely bonkers. So, great name to bring in for a huge name. Uh, I'm real excited to see what they do for this. Michael Booth, you know, like I said, may not know the name, but he's worked on some great stuff, and especially his time at Valve. Whew, huge. Yeah, this is definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely got to keep an yeah. eye on this. Uh, switching over to some TV news, of course, there is the Game of Thrones prequel coming uh, some point down the line. I don't know. I don't know when. Asterix, uh, asterix, asterix. <laughs> titled House of Dragon, I think is what it's called. Uh, it's series is set 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. We did get some casting announcements. Oh, though. okay. Yeah, so uh, Olivia Cook, who was in Ready Player One, has been cast. Emma Darcy from Wanderlust has been cast. Uh, and then also some dude named Matt Smith. From Doctor Who. Oh, you got added? Uh-huh. Matt Smith has been added. Okay. Uh, yeah. So then additionally, you have Greg Yates uh, from Banshee has boarded as the director and co-executive producer with Claire uh, Kilner from Snowpiercer. And then uh, Greta V. Patel from The Witcher, also set to helm episodes of the fantasy series. So, yeah, this is based off of the George R. R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood, which is still on my list to read. Uh, you know, House of Dragon, like I said, is set 300 years before the events of the uh, Game of Thrones and tells the story of House Targaryen. Uh, Cook, who I mentioned uh, is from Ready Player One, will play Alcent Hightower, who is described by HBO as, quote, the daughter of Otto Hightower, the Hand of the King, and the most com- comely woman in the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, she was raised in the Red Keep, close to the king, in his innermost circle. She possesses possesses both courtly grace and a keen political acumen. Uh, M- lost in it. There it is. Emma Darcy is set as uh, Princess Reina Targaryen, uh, described as, quote, the king's firstborn child. She is of pure Valerian blood, and she is a dragon rider. Uh, many would say that Rhaenyra was born with everything, but she was not born a man. Uh, Matt Smith is going to play... Uh, lost my place there. Where did it go? There it is. Uh, Matt Smith will portray Prince Daemon Targaryen, who is the younger brother to King Viserys and heir to the throne, a peerless warrior and a dragon rider. Daemon possesses the true blood of the dragon, but it is said that whenever a Targaryen is born, the gods to- toss a coin in the air. Uh, so yeah, got some big names added to this. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about this because obviously we all know how the last season of Game of Thrones went. Yeah, you know, prequels and me are not exactly the best of friends. Yeah. So this one, Matt Smith's tagged to it, so mm-hmm. I, I, I'm interested. I'm going in with like kind of tepid expectations because we don't know how long this is going to go. So yeah. far, it's just the one season. But I'm having kind of flashbacks with The Hobbit. You know, obviously different size books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it feels like, I, I feel like it's got to be kind of like a few seasons maybe. Now, granted, I haven't read the book. It's been on my list. I want to read it still. Uh, but... You know, depending on how many seasons this go, don't stretch it out any further than it had. Don't don't Hobbit this. Yeah. Where there's a whole lot in the Hobbit films you could have cut out and just made it two movies and it would have been perfectly fine. Hobbit films are still good, but just didn't need to be three. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So mm-hmm. I have to wait and see. Like I, I, I just I'm now I'm having flashbacks again. Yeah, no, like I said, I'd be I normally I'd be expe- excited for it. like oh yeah more Game of Thrones awesome, but just 
the you know, and especially with somebody had an article last week where it was like, oh, I'd love to see the papers, you know, written about how Game of Thrones went from such a staple in like pop culture to like falling off the face of the earth where nobody really talks about it anymore. Yeah, you know, so like I said, I'm kind of tough at expectations. Yeah, you got to, you have to have it mm-hmm. after how it ended last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in shocking news, because holy good God Almighty. Uh, Funimation is acquiring Crunchyroll for $1.2 billion. Wow. Holy wow, wow, shit. wow. That's yeah. some money right there. Yeah, so from the IGN article, quote, AT&T has announced that it will sell its Crunchyroll animation business to Funimation, which itself is owned by Sony. In a deal worth almost $1.2 billion, Crunchyroll, one of the leading anime streaming services, will now be owned by Funimation, another North American bastion for anime. Crunchyroll reports that it has 90 million registered users in over 200 countries. Uh, Quote, we are excited to embark on this new journey. Crunchyroll has built world, a world-class brand with a passionate fan base of over 3 million subscribers, 50 million social followers, and 90 million registered users. These amazing fans have helped propel to propel anime into a global phenomenon, said Crunchyroll general manager Joanne Waggy. Uh, combining the strength of the Crunchyroll brand with and the expertise of our global team with Funimation is an exciting prospect and a win for the incredible art form of anime, close quote. Uh, in a separate statement from Funimation, company CEO Don- Colin Decker says, quote, The union of Funimation and Crunchyroll is a win for anime fans around the world that will elevate the art and culture of this medium for decades to come. Combining these two great companies will be a win for fans and enable us to compete uh, compete at a truly global scale, close quote. Uh, so uh, if you're not familiar, both Crunchyroll and Funimation offer direct-to-consumer anime streaming services with monthly subscription costs. Uh, you know, but so both uh, services were once available on another service called VRV. That is no longer the case. Not really sure what the path forward is going to be, what's going to happen with the two services. I could totally foresee some sort of merger down the road. It's got to be at this stage. But as shocking as this is, I think this is a great move just because there's a lot of great anime out there. Uh, Dragon Ball Z and Gundam series, Naruto, you know, uh, Attack on Titan, you know, My Hero Academia, you know, Death Note, the, you know, the list just goes kill or kill. The list just goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. The one hard thing with it, though, is tracking the damn thing down. Yeah. That, you know, I, I, I feel it, it's a pain in the ass, you know, for me to have to look on three different services because I, I do have a Crunchyroll uh, account. You know, I don't I'm not a premium subscription member, but I do have an account there just to watch stuff and, and save stuff like, oh, I don't want to forget to watch this, you know, but it's a pain in the ass to go between Netflix because Netflix has got some stuff, Hulu and then Crunchyroll to try and find what I'm looking for, you know, and then finding it. So if, if they're able to take a lot of these great series and even the new stuff that's coming out, put it onto one site. I'm all for it. Yeah, they got to definitely do something. And streamlining it is not a mm-hmm. bad case. And for mm-hmm. that much money, pff, make it easy for the fans. Uh-huh. That is insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, switching over to some video game news. Uh, it was announced in the middle of the damn uh, Disney investor call. I don't know who decided this, but holy shit, bad idea. Uh, <laughs> they did drop a trailer for the new character getting added to Super Smash Brothers. Uh Ultimate and holy shit, didn't see this one coming. I know the internet likes to speculate when they announce, oh, hey, there's a new character coming to Smash. I know the fans like to speculate who it is. Uh, did not see this one coming, though. Final Fantasy VII antagonist and beloved uh, Final Fantasy villain Sephiroth is getting added to, to wow, Super Smash Brothers that Ultimate. Is big. Yeah, huge. Uh, he's already overpowered. That goddamn sword is long. If you go to watch the trailer on YouTube, 
already that sword is already ridiculously long. I, I, it's gonna be hard to see. It's gonna be hard to see him beat uh, using the game. And I might have to check out some, you know, like tournaments and stuff to see if they actually let anybody play as him because it might get he might get banned from tournament play. I could definitely see him get banned from tournament play. Yeah. Uh, also, in video game news, it was announced during the video game uh, awards. Uh, Arc. There was an Arc Two cinematic trailer. I know I'm not familiar with the Arc series or anything, but this caught my eye because Vin Diesel's in the damn thing. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Definitely a left field surprise. Vin. Diesel, very busy man. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, Sony, or the the Valiant Valiant Cinematic Universe, uh, dipping his toes into video games. The man does it all. This is true. And he's going to be drifting over the Saturn's rings too. Uh, you're not wrong, not wrong. And then into the news, we kind of been teasing and it's been kind of breaking. Uh, so last week, I don't know if we mentioned, but it was announced that Alfred Molina, of course, who uh, played Doctor Otto Octavius. Uh, a.k.a. Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man 2, uh, the Sam Raimi films, would be returning to play the character in Spider-Man 3 alongside Tom Holland. Uh, so then you also factor in that there are rumors, and I should note that they are rumors, that Kirsten Dunst is reportedly going to reprise her role as uh, Mary Jane, and then Tobey Maguire is reportedly going to reprise his role as his version of Peter Parker. I mean, I know he was spotted out over the weekend at a co- supposed costume fitting. Kind of, mm. you know, nothing confirmed, nothing official. Right. But I also know it's been rumored that uh, Andrew Garfield is is going to be portraying his version of Peter Parker in the film. You know, so that broke down. But then breaking while we've been recording the show because hey, they decided to wait till we were recording. Uh, it is being reported by the folks over at Illuminati that Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church are in negotiations to return to reprise their roles as Green Goblin and Sandman, respectively, in Spider-Man 3. Okay. Uh, Immediate reaction. Whoa. It is whoa, but it's also like, all right, I am fully convinced that the theory I've been running with is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Tom Holland is going to get sent by Dr. Stephen Strange through the multiverse of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and he's going to wind up in crucial scenes throughout said movies. I think so. Because there's no way... Like, I know the early rumor is everybody says it's going to be Spider-Man Endgame or Spider-Man Spider-Verse. Look... I think it's going to borrow elements from that story. It'll, bar- it'll borrow elements from into the Spider-Verse. It will borrow elements. Yeah. But it's not going to be... The end game, you're not going to see all three of them team up. The only thing you might see is the pointing at each other, like the meme is. That would be that, that you, has to happen. It's going to happen in one. That of has the two. to happen. But after that, like, look, there's no way this this movie would be like five hours long if you have everybody that they've attached to this. And like I said, see, but I, we know, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but we know Sony has had a hard on for the last 15 years for doing an all sinister six. Oh, movie. absolutely. Yeah. They've almost that. got all the parts lined up for it. Whether that, I think this will, that movie will come out of this in some capacity, but I, I would, I would, I totally think that it's going to end up being, you know, jump through, like you said, jump through crucial scenes, a la final battle in Spider-Man one, the Sam Raimi films where you know, they're in the, warehouse or whatever mm-hmm. it's decrepit you know jump in through there you know and then oh we run into alfred molina at the train sequence you yeah know, whatever i think it's going to be that but what i would i would love to see is see them on screen at the same time fighting the bad guys united oh it'd be a great scene because to- because i feel like with dr strange is going to be in this film we know they're not going to bring in dr strange for oh hey he's just jumping through time like i feel like if dr strange has to get involved shit's gone sideways bad that it's not just, oh, hey, we're, you know, it'll start, oh, hey, we're hopping through timelines and appearing in there. But I think it may ultimately end on 
hey, shit's converging and hey, we're all here. That's when you'll get to wait a minute. Uh, you know, the meme of them pointing and then, oh, hey, we're standing there together and we're fighting together. Doctor Strange is responsible for everything goes wrong in the MCU and anything attached to it. <laughs> you, you can add me all you want. It's fact. He got our Zoom call. He got this. Mm-hmm. So that all being said, I it's it's a great casting. Like, listen, William yeah. Dafoe was great as Norman Osborn. Oh God, I know great. we haven't seen a Norman Osborn in the MCU yet. It'd be, it'd mm-hmm. be a perfect fit for him to just yeah. take over that role. I don't know what the future plans are for the Spider-Man franchise, but we got to have Norman in there at some point. Oh, yeah. You would figure, like, doing a, a number of Spider-Man films without Norman Osborn is like doing a number of Superman films without Lex Luthor. Yeah. It's just, or, or a number of Batman films without Joker. It just doesn't make sense. It, it definitely doesn't make sense, so they got to do something with mm-hmm. it. So I'm thinking it's going to pan out, and then Charlie Cox has been attached to this film as well, too. Yeah. Which... If that is true, which, like I said, we've been speculating, we say it's all but certain. We haven't seen an official press release, but all signs are pointing to yes. Mm-hmm. We definitely want to just keep our eyes on that to see how many people are going to get added. Because if Doctor Strange is messing around with the multiverse, this is an easy way to bring in everybody from the Netflix verse mm-hmm. over without even complicating matters and doing something. So this is true. Stay tuned for more information on that. But like I say, in, until I see Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio officially attached and see them tweet out. All bets are off. Like, you can add everybody from the entire Spider-Man films, mm-hmm. and we'll go from there with that. So for my one-shots, because, I mean, that was, like, the big holster right there, uh, there was a little bit more announcement for Black Adam casting. Okay. So the role of Cyclone has been announced to go to Quintessa Swindell. Okay. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is uh, already talking about that, so we'll see what she does. Uh, no word on filming or anything involving uh, more news about that, but it's, the JSA is getting filled out for that film, so mm-hmm. that's always uh, something cool to see. And to touch upon a subject we were talking about, DC Future State is going to be starting out, and it's been long rumored about who the new Batman is going to be for that story. Ah, It has been confirmed that it's going to be one Timothy Fox, the son of Lucius Fox. Hmm. So their little uh, little uh, friend or family is strained at, at this point. So not much more to go on that, but it's been officially confirmed. We see the cover has been out, uh, albeit a very pricey cover. Yo. Uh, $9. Damn. For the uh, next Batman number two. Um, Jesus. As is being billed. That's half future state. So definitely something to keep an eye out for. I know there's going to be a lot of our comic friends talking about that from Cheers of Comics, SWO Productions, Wednesday Pull List, everybody that – we always interact with on Twitter. We're going to have a lot to say about this when the series kicks off for Future State. Uh, definitely something that has my attention, and I, I'm very interested to see how these stories are going to play out. Because mm-hmm. I know that they've dabbled in doing the future uh, profiles before. It's never really been the home runs. Like, Yeah. <coughs> DC just has a messy timeline. So, yeah, a little and, bit. Yeah, so anytime they, they get dancing around with it, I'm like, uh, can you just leave enough alone? And then if we got to jump in the future, we can jump in the future and do all that. And like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go from there. So that being said, just have to keep a couple more weeks out and ready for it at the local comic shops and definitely start picking up when it comes out. Speaking of comic shops, uh, Batman one Oh five is out at stores this week. So definitely want to pick that up. James Tunney's run has uh, been incredible. And this is definitely continuing that method. Uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal number six comes out. Uh-oh. Uh, do I need do I need to say more, Pat? Nope. Nope. Snyder, Capullo, enough said there. Uh, more stuff is coming out, Endless Winter, for DC as well. So if you're into that storyline, hit me up on OD Parlay Hour. I haven't picked it up yet, but I'm very interested to see what they're going to pull off for that. And flipping things to the Marvel side of things, obviously 
X-Force is coming out to stores this week, Immortal Hulk 41, and the King of Black storyline goes on with the tie-in to Immortal Hulk as well. So a lot of stuff to go to your local comic shops and pick up, so definitely head on down there, go see what's going on, and definitely support them, and definitely support your fellow comic podcasters. So shout-out to Brian at Cheers to Comics, shout-out to Lex and Simon at Wednesday Pull List, and definitely check those pods out, and they got a lot of coverage coming out for your books, so you definitely need to hit that before you hit the shelves. So that all being said, Pad, the music you heard on this episode of the ODPH is out of Shout at the Robots. They're good friends of ours. Mm-hmm. They put out a lot of great music. They do a lot of great merch on their Patreon. So where do you find out about all this, Pad? OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That's right. Head on over to the music section. You can find out what's going on with Shout. You can definitely check out what's going on with Floodlands. You can definitely check out what's going on with Second Suitor, who has a new music video out Ooh. for Sprinkles. Hmm. Yeah, so Tyler did a one-man video for it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. We've been sharing it all over the place. Uh, the link, maybe we'll see if we can put the link right on the page, too. I got to check. I could, Tyler's traveling right now, so uh, I got to uh, get a hold of him where he's going. because so he's, he's staying in state, so I got to track him down uh, to find out about that. But you can definitely hit him up as well because we have all the links right there in the music section for him, Fair City Fire, and Brian Wolf. All the great music you hear on the ODPH. Also on our website, you can check out their directory, which has Friends of the Show, Organizational Links Supporting Black Lives Matter, all the amazing pod groups we're in via their Pod Chaser pages. Because let's face it, if you don't have a Pod Chaser page, are you really in a pod group? So definitely shout out to Pod Nation, shout out to Alternate Reality Radio, shout out to the Apocalypse. Shout out to the Legion Independent Podcast. And, of course, shout out to Hashtag 607 Podcast and our good friends over at 8122 Productions, Rich, Ron, Mike C., and Big Natty Cool, still on Twitter, Pat. Oh, boy. Still doing the content that I cannot talk about on these airways. Otherwise, I will get kicked out. But for $1, it'll get you in the door. $3 because you come be seated at the table at patreon.com slash 8122productions. So shout out to them. And, of course, twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast where you can catch ups doing the weekly wrestling show 607 TWS every Thursday night, Eastern Standard Time at 8 p.m. So definitely jump in that and check it out. Also, on the webpage, the T Public store is out. Uh-oh. So the merch store is out. So if you want to get that ODPH swag, and I know you do because I've been getting hit up for it left and right, it's right there. So you can definitely click on the link. All of that and so much more at ochodoropalayor.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the 108 Pat 1J, 201 days, still no HBO Max app on Roku. 200 days now? Uh-huh. Jeez. Step your game up. I'm your host, Kenan. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.